take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you like at 1-800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231. And joining you tonight, it is Ian. JJ. And Mark. And you can join us uh, on our website where the main feature actually allows you to control the content. So if you see something online that you think is pretty interesting, maybe it's a news article or a YouTube video or a blog post, you can submit it to our site and then others will vote as to whether they like or dislike your suggestion. The most liked making it to the front page of the website and the top of the site. So go and see how all that works over at freetalklive.com and get involved. Now, uh, we've got an update coming up on the police chief that tased the 14-year-old girl. It's a little bit of good news, uh, which is surprising, shocking, and unexpected. Uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. But last night, I mentioned a real-life superhero. Oh, and I know, uh, JJ, we, I know you want to get to the, uh, the the dead animals thing, and I've got a, I've got a piece on that. Excellent. Uh, because it's getting a little crazy out there. It is. But first, the real-life superhero, Linwood Washington, CairoTV.com, reporting a local man said he came within seconds of having his car broken into and perhaps even stolen until a real-life superhero came to his aid, wearing tights, a mask, and a skin-tight supersuit. Wow, that's (laughs) impressive. The encounter started in Linwood Sunday evening when a man who asked to be identified only as Dan was walking back to his car in a parking lot. Because nobody would believe him if, uh, if he used his real name. They'd make fun of him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's wearing tights. No, when, no, this isn't. Uh, Dan wasn't wearing tights. No, this is the victim. Dan's not a very good oh, name I see, for a superhero. I see. Dan's the victim. We'll uh, we'll be introduced to the superhero here in a moment. Uh, Dan was walking back to his car in a parking lot when he saw a man with a metal strip trying to pry open his car. He started sticking it down between the window and the rubber strip. Dan began calling nine one one, but said help arrived before he even finished dialing. That's impressive, actually. Yeah. Right? From the right. Sounds lucky to me. This guy (laughs) comes dashing in wearing this skin-tight rubber black and gold suit and starts chasing him away, said Dan. What Dan didn't know is that just about every night an anonymous Seattle man strolls into a comic store, enters a hidden back room, and emerges... How could he possibly be anonymous then? Yeah, I don't think many people are entering those comic stores, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They're... He enters a hidden back room and emerges transformed. Cairo 7 Eyewitness News reporter Monique Ming met him, uh, Monique Min, Ming Laven met him. My name is Phoenix Jones, said the man. The man is the hero that Dan's been trying to tell his friends about. People are saying, no way, dude, you are probably drunk, said Dan. But the superhero sounded familiar to Ming Laven. She had heard about how he and uh, the uh, the other eight members of his Rain City superhero crime-fighting movement walked the streets, eyes out for crime, and prepared to fight it. On Monday night, the fully clad superhero and Dan met. That's crazy. Nice to meet you, brother. Nice to meet you. That's insane, said Dan, who finally got a close-up look at his savior. <laughs> Phoenix explained his whole super suit, including bulletproof vest and stab plates to Dan. He said, that's a taser nightstick, and I have mace slash tear gas over here, said Phoenix. Then it was time for Phoenix to get back out on the streets. Maybe not quite a Superman, but an extraordinary one. So when I walk in- that. So when I walk into a neighborhood, criminals leave because they see the suit, said Phoenix. I symbolize that average person doesn't have to walk around and see bad things and do nothing. Phoenix said since he started his crime-fighting crusade nine months ago, he's been stabbed, had a gun pulled on him a few times, but has so far received no serious injuries. Unfortunately, he didn't catch up with the man who was breaking into Dan's car. But nonetheless, the uh, Rain City superhero movement continues uh, in Seattle with Phoenix Jones and approximately seven other superheroes walking the streets, keeping people safe. Well, that's that's 
very impressive. I, I imagine it takes some sort of investment because the uh, the, the special plates, uh, stab proof plates, the body armor, and, and then cheap a custom mask or whatever, and a color co- color scheme, things like that. I would. I guess you're right. I mean, well, what does one of those outfits cost? I know that. Uh, bulletproof vest on its own is probably going to run you a few hundred bucks so to integrate a bulletproof vest into a snazzy looking super suit i'm you're probably looking at a few thousand dollars right at least yeah i wouldn't look to go fighting crime without a bulletproof vest i think it's hilarious that he can't catch the guy though (laughs) well it's probably (laughs) heavy running the burglar can run faster than he can well why does he have to wear tights though why can't he wear something I, I don't know. I mean, because you're not going to do this for nothing, and if you want to wear tights, that's what you're going to no, do. No, I see. Know? I see tights as cliched. I, I think. I think superhero. I think someone more modern with with maybe some khakis that have some pockets that can hold some more <laughs> grappling hooks or something useful. But these tights, what you can't hide anything. Well, like, that's why Batman has the utility belt, right? Because you've got sure. the different gadgets and gizmos and things on there, and it, it he does look a little cliche. I is, mean, that, is that him there on the screen? Yeah, yeah. He's got a kind of a, a, a yellow and black look to him. And it, it, you know, it looks How's pretty somebody going to know you're a, a superhero if you're not wearing a skin-tight rubber suit, though? That's true. Well, I think I mean, your actions speak to that, Mark. I, I don't want... No, no. <laughs> I want to wear whatever it takes that I don't have to take action. You see, that's how you don't I get see. stabbed. Um, you, you know, you want to yeah. wear whatever... That's, that's you why in the Animal fear. Kingdom, you have the, the lizard has the little flaps that come out the side right. to scare people off. You're striking fear into the hearts of the criminal right. element of Seattle. That's the idea behind the Batman suit, actually. The original Absolutely. Detective Comics number 27 or whatever it was. Uh, Batman said that uh, criminals, they're a superstitious lot. You know, it was the 30s, right? Sure. Uh, they're a superstitious lot, and they'll be scared by the bat suit. And so he, you know, adopted the bat suit. I agree. I agree that the, the image is important. As, as you said, Mark, that's why people react to the image of a police officer in mm-hmm. a certain way. Or, I'd be, think that he'd more likely to, to react to, like, the fact that you're carrying around a teenage boy with you in, like, green underpants. What, what, what does he have to be carrying it around? Well, I mean, what, what was Robin doing? I suppose. Yeah. So I guess my question is, does anybody think that this is inappropriate, that you know, th- this guy is taking the law into his own hands and we need the police to handle this and this is wrong for him to get out there on the streets of course and not. risk his life like this? Of course not, Ian. I mean, uh, you know who you're talking to here, but... Well, not you guys necessarily, right, the, but uh, the anyone audience. listening. Yes, yes, of course. Um, I don't see why anyone would have a problem with this. The, the guy is using non-lethal weapons... He's uh, right. Clearly- well, he probably can't. He probably can't legally carry a gun in pl- a place like Washington. I, I'm just guessing. Seattle. I mean, just the amount of guts it takes to to pull this all off consistently day after day, and uh, dedicate yourself to this. I think. I think a lot of people would respect this person. He's, I, you know, I have to say that, uh, you know, <laughs> I believe the proof to be in the pudding if he manages to uh, to not make a mistake. And I think that's the biggest problem with vigilantism, and that's what this is, um, is, you know, making a mistake. If he's using the non-lethal weapons, he's got the pepper spray, he's got the, um, you know... The, Meaning if he gets the wrong guy when you say making mistakes, something like that? Yeah, you know... Hurting a the, bystander. The next guy who's fiddling around trying to get into a car could very well be the guy who owns the car. But also, to put that mistake in perspective, I mean, the, the police, and certainly the police do a lot of good in, in pursuing these violent crimes. I, I, you know, let's not be too uh, cynical. But at the same time, their mistakes, uh, the, poli- the mistakes made by police are often very lethal and very, uh, you know, harmful to property and people. You know, if they've come busted in the wrong house for a raid, which is, I mean, done multiple times, yep. uh, arresting the wrong person, just being able, just being detained from your family for a couple of days while things get straightened out 
could screw up a person's life or his financial state. Yeah, and Phoenix Jones doesn't have the uh, – he's not – going to be insulated like the police are from lawsuits i mean the police are are able to go and do those things you're talking about jj and and hurt the wrong person and be not held responsible in any way shape or form in most cases we're actually going to give you a story here in a moment where uh, one cop was held responsible to some extent Uh, but in most cases they aren't at all and in phoenix jones's case boy if he gets the wrong guy or he does the wrong thing he will be held responsible well not only that but is the other group members would would want to hold them responsible if they're if they are this just the other super Superheroes. Yeah, Justice League. The, well, it, okay, let's call it a Justice League for conversation's sake. But they they would hold themselves to a higher standard as well as Phoenix Jones. And if something did happen that was wrong, I'm sure they would see to it that he was prosecuted or or at least held accountable. I want to know what you think about this one at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can, of course, bring up whatever you want, but I wonder how the police uh, feel about this guy in Seattle. Do they feel like, you know, are they just laughing at this guy? I think so. Or are they feeling jealous that this guy is getting out there and he's stopping criminals in the act in a way that the police could only hope to uh, to achieve. Well, I think I think the jealousy would be territorial related. You know, police are, are territorial like all gangs. Mm-hmm. Very very much. You're on my turf doing my job. Okay. The toll free number here tonight for your thoughts eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. That's the point of free talk live. The number is eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll free and get whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have there for you, including archives and the uh, Shrine of Female listeners and a bunch of stuff. You can go to freetalklive.com. Uh, speaking of the uh, the Shrine, there are dozens of ladies there who have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See that for yourself. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Also, if you're looking for gold or silver, before you buy, go to gold.freetalklive.com. I've picked out some coins there that I think are good choices for people who are just looking to get into the uh, metals market. They don't want to do any collecting or anything like that. These are simple coins that you can comparison shop around. Please do that. If you're going to buy gold or silver, go to gold.freetalklive.com. If you are in the group of people that is sort of, uh, you know, wishes you were putting money away, but, uh, you know... You just haven't got enough set aside for 20 coins right now because 20 coins is really the way to go. Um, if you're going to buy at gold.freetalklive.com, the shipping's the same for one as it is for 20. 
Well, then go to uh, gold.freetalklive.com. There's a 800 number there, and you can call them and ask for the way- layaway plan. That's uh, Midas Resources. They're our syndicate, and they're the ones offering the gold here. And um, ask them for uh, ask them for the layaway pr- program, and you can put a certain amount every time you get your paycheck, and then you'll have the 20 coins. And the, the price would have been set aside today as opposed to when you're done paying them off. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so we're going to come back. Actually, we can talk more about Phoenix Jones. And the real life, what apparently is called the real life superhero movement, uh, because it's bigger than just Seattle. There are people that are donning superhero costumes, apparently a lot more places, and they even have their own online manual as to how to be a real life superhero. 800-259-9231. Maybe you are one of these people, or you have come across one, and you'd like to share your experience. In the meantime, we go to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Ah, good evening, uh, gentlemen. Yeah, I wanted to uh, say that I was thinking quite a bit about the story about the young girl that was tased by the cop, and the taser, I guess, uh, damaged her, you know, electrified her brain and different things. And I was thinking about the UN uh, treaty regarding the rights of the child. I think it's called the uh, Convention on the Rights of the Child that actually the United States signed, but has failed to ratify. Yet the United States did, uh, there are three other protocols that the United States signed and actually ratified. And, you know, if that person can't get justice in the state of, was that in Texas or Arkansas or where was that? Uh, city of Tucumcari, which is, I believe, in uh, New Mexico somewhere, Albuquerque area. Albu- okay. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, there should be a state's ombudsman. Uh, you know, for children and their rights. Uh, And, you know, I would assume that she should attempt to, you know, uh, bring it to the court and have it adjudicated, because it appears to me that if this just stands, that a sheriff can, without arresting someone, just shoot the taser and do uh, severe damage to the individual. Uh, You know, if that's not actually adjudicated and... Uh, you know, a precedent is set after the judgment of the case. We're going to have more of that. And it kind of reminds me of the uh, police riot at the University of Pittsburgh during the uh, 2009 economic summit. Frank, well, the bad news is we already do have more of it. The police are tasering people for obedience factors on a regular basis. And that's basically what this was. The the young girl was running away. She did not want to talk to this uh, police officer. And he uh, tased her because she wouldn't stop running from him, basically. Uh, right, but the point is, you know, it's a young, it's a minor, it's someone 14 years old. Well, I don't care if it's a minor or if it's an old lady or somebody in the, the middle right, age. All exactly. of those cases should be adjudicated, brought to the court, well, and Frank, Frank, ruled I, on. I, I, Frank, you know, I, I don't or, else, or else, basically, we're just going to have wild police force, like I said, you know, uh, during the G20 summit in Pittsburgh, going into the dorms of the University of Pittsburgh and attacking innocent students. I don't see how the U.N. has any authority at all right now. No, no, no. My personal view on the U.N. is it's just a bunch of bureaucrats that get along and and, uh, do their their 
fancy thing. Really, I, I the don't... troops like to rape people too. Well, yeah, yeah. As far as that, I, I have a problem with the federal government of the United States, and that you're talking about another what world type government body. That I, look, I don't want anything to do with the UN at all. Well, you personally. know, in a sense, since Marbury versus Madison, the precedent was set that the federal government takes precedent over the states, and the states through. Uh, numerous uh, cases in, in many of the states take precedent over the local community or the county, and they're sort of like a pecking order. And if the remedy isn't available to protect the individual uh, at the state level or the federal level or at the local level, then it's time to take it to the next uh, area, which would be, you know, the international court. And I'm with, I'm with Frank on this one. If uh, if I if I got my brain zapped like this little girl did, the the taser tong shot into my head. I really don't give a flying flip at a rolling donut as to which court gives me uh, relief in this particular Correct. instance. I don't care whether it's the the local district court, the circuit court, the federal court, or the the UN World Court. But, I want this guy to pay for shooting me in the brain with a taser. Doesn't about, that validate the uh, the I idea agree. of world government, though, Mark? Look, if <laughs> I don't think any of these armed gangs have have validity, but if that's what it takes to get justice, all I cares about uh, care about is justice. If you're not providing justice, if your system doesn't provide justice for people you say oh don't try to get justice because this system you know this this group of people is bad then wh- what where are you going to get justice here here are well, you going to no, start paying I, world taxes now yeah, but seriously what about the guys that get shot in the head okay I'm and then sure there's no prosecution to. there's countless cases of cops just just shooting the gun because they're afraid and they kill people sure. and there's no there's no recourse at all and right. yet this person got tased she's still alive sure she's damaged but she's not dead mark uh-huh well, I so, don't, so so because somebody in this world didn't receive justice i shouldn't try to get it you could try all you want but you could chase that rabbit through as many holes as you want, and it's not going to get there. Agreed. I agree with you, JJ. I mean, what are you going to spend on this little uh, <laughs> jaunt? Hey, Frank, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. What are you going to spend on this, Mark? What do you, what do you think it's going to cost you to take a case to the UN World Court, if I that even no exists? I have no idea. If it's uh, likely, if you're getting there, I don't know anything about the UN World Court, but if you're getting there, you're likely being taken by somebody like don't the Don't you ACLU. think this would have already been done already? I mean, someone would have taken something to the UN by now. There certainly are plenty of cases that uh, would qualify for abusive police. There I've are. heard zero. Zero about the UN doing anything. It's because there's no, uh, there, there's no jurisdiction. There, it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, okay, there there are, there's an international tribunal for war, for war crimes, uh, but there, you can't take court cases higher than the U.S. Supreme Court. They're, they're going to laugh you out of the courtroom. Uh, is from my understanding. You're uh, saying there is jurisdiction, Mark? There's jurisdiction if you're a particular t- subgroup. This is a woman. She's a child also. Um, indigenous people, all these people, everybody but anybody uh, but white guys basically have some kind of remedy in the uh, UN court. And if that's what it took... How do you know that? What's that? How do you know that? Because I, you know, that's that's the kind of crap they pass, you're, man. Okay, you're speculating then. 800-259-9231. That wasn't my statement. My statement was, I don't give a fly and flip at a rolling donut. Who gives the justice I want it. So That's valid. All. So start paying uh, world taxes and validate Why? the idea of world government. Well, I, don't gonna, want, I don't want. I don't want to pay local taxes. So consent to world government. Then. Oh, well, so I That's should never take anything to court. That's I'm what not it sounds like you're doing. Crap. More coming up. Free talk live. 
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com features, including our mobile site. You can go to m.freetalklive.com and get quick access to our live streams as well as the podcast. Go to m.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI is main sponsor of Free Talk Live. They'll do a great job for you. You want to see their banner? It's at uh, freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right hand of the uh, side of the page. SACL CAI is run by Jason Osborne, big proponent of liberty and big supporter of Free Talk Live. SACL CAI. So we've uh, come across a major point of disagreement between uh, some of the hosts on this show here, JJ and I, on this uh, discussion about the world court and justice, seeking justice when governments are running wild and killing people and hurting people, maiming 14-year-old girls with taser barbs to the skull, as we were reporting on last night. Uh, JJ and I think that uh, it's a really bad idea to essentially legitimize the concept of a world court by exactly. taking something to it for its its approval or its, uh, its certification or its ju- ju- adjudication, rather. And you're saying, Mark, whatever it takes, I don't care. Give me the biggest government in the world so long as I can get my justice. Yeah, you're putting words in my mouth. I don't support any government. Um, I I support government's ability to govern people as long as people have the options. As to me, it's about the option of uh, your choice mm-hmm. of being governed by this particular government agency, and I, it's about funding, the funding mechanism that those agencies... So you're willing to fund the world court, then, is what you're saying? I Are you saying that I would have to pay something in order to... I'll pay anything to any court system in order to get some kind of remedy. Do you not think that there needs to be some kind of system for justice? Oh, I'm all in favor of justice, but so, but but not until we have free justice, where uh, you know competing organizations uh, can no, no, uh, it's can just that I don't because if you don't have a system of dispensing justice, whatever it is, all the nonsense that goes on in your head doesn't matter because nobody cares. They want justice for themselves. You want freedom. You need to support justice, Mark. I think the problem that you're you're coming up with is that we already have so many layers of justice, if you will, that you just want to add one more onto the onion, like that's going to solve the problem. It's like throwing more money at the schools because we need more schooling. Right, he's so we fantasizing. Want more courts. We want another layer of courts because we don't have enough courts. He's fantasizing he's actually going to get justice out of some world-level courts. A I corrupt mean, some- world uh, hegemony. No, you're not getting any justice out of that. 
Well, you're you're presupposing that that system isn't going to dispense any justice in that particular case, and I don't know that to be true. So if, you, now look, Mark, if there's some sort of independent court that you can come to and they'll arbitrate a, a situation, you pay for that, that's that's one thing. Right, but, but how are they going to enforce their ruling is what my question is. Because you understand that this police chief, um, he doesn't he's going to recognize any organization that doesn't have a monopoly privilege on the use of force. Right, his organization would have for to organization. consent to it. Right, his organization would and you're not going to get that so the yeah. only thing you can do in this world is go to an organization which will uh usurp the privilege of uh, the monopoly so you privilege. support the idea of having a world I do government not. i'm i'm living in a real in the real world where all courts of any uh, value or measure i live in the real usurp- world where i understand that you don't get justice from a monopoly violent court system That's and not i'm true. not going to get it, i'm it, not going to get any more justice from a world version of a monopoly it, violent it court may very system. well be true that these are inefficient systems but in this particular case it's like spinning a bottle as to whether or not you're going to get justice well, at Mark, some point or another it's going to End up on yes, Mark. Why don't why don't we use an alternative? Why, why, let's say I'm the all course, for alternatives. Okay, the course, I got no problem with alternatives. Excellent. I'll excellent. go to you. Will you go and shoot this cop in the head for what he did? No, but then, yeah, about, I don't. Then how I don't about, care. Not how about I hold a rally in front of his house every day until he leaves town or he stops being a douche? I don't, Fine. I How mean, much do I have to pay for this? Vigils what you described as re- what you described as revenge, not justice. Fine, Mark. I, 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 I justice shouldn't have used the term it. shooting him in the head. JJ, I'll, I'll settle for your uh, I'll settle for your what, what you're talking about a rally a in front of his house. Ostracism. Fine, fine by me. As long as you hold a re- you agree that if I pay a competitive rate, and I don't know what it costs to go in front of some world court, I'm not even sure that this girl can pull you it can't off. Do it, but Mark. several hundred dollars, um, I, I'd be willing to pay you several hundred dollars for your arbitration in this instance, and then for the rest of your life you can go out in front of this guy's house and hold a rally i think that's fine so just want to make sure that we're clear on this mark you're saying you don't support the world court but you would support the world court i'm just trying to understand i don't support uh, i don't support anything that uh, uses uh, that usurps a monopoly mm-hmm. however i believe that in order to get justice to get uh, peace and freedom in this world you have to support justice okay and so in order to support justice no no i'm not done what we ca- have currently are only monopoly uh, court systems I gotcha. I gotcha. so if you don't use the monopoly court system you don't support people getting justice I see you don't what you're support saying. remedies for people if That's you don't support true. remedies for people you don't support i just crap. don't support you might increasing as well just government turn off the Mike, so I just what, don't support what about, what about stopping stop the use of these corrupt court systems that don't provide justice so that they go out of business and maybe something else comes up above? Why are you continuing to validate the corrupt failed system? Why are you why do you want to give it the authority by saying that trial should be held there like they actually have the authority to hold some trial over a sovereign individual? Do you think that uh, injustice occurs in the world? And justice occurs everywhere. Okay, great. Um, we need systems to deal with that today. In the same way that we need gasoline to drive our cars and have to pay taxes on it, in the same way that we need to do all kinds of different things and we pay taxes in order to do that, I don't think that using a court that has, a, that has chosen for itself a monopoly privilege in a particular area means that you're validating it. But I don't think that you're I'm not doing just that using any it. more than I validate the no. government's monopoly on roads you're not by paying gas it. taxes. Mm-mm. You're not just using it. You but, are actually advocating because right now what you're talking advocating about the use of something that i would exist. use yes no. i advocate that somebody who has to use the go to the hospital use the public roads what too, you're Ian. talking about is something that does not exist 
There is no world court where you can take some other person or some government person to have a trial adjudicated above the U.S. Supreme Court. So you, in order to have what you're talking about, would have to advocate I'm not for talking the about world the, government. I'm not talking about the creation of something new, Ian. Well, then you don't have it then, Mark. You're just you're what existing about- in fantasy land because the world courts do not exist. There is the International Court of Justice, which is the primary judicial There's organ. There's something of called the, U- the world courts. I've certainly heard that's the term right. before. The primary judicial organ of the United Nations. It's based on the people. Peace Palace in the based in the Peace Palace in Hague, Netherlands. Its main functions are to settle legal disputes submitted to it by states and give advisory opinions on legal questions submitted to it by duly authorized international organs, uh, agencies, the it UN General to me like Assembly. Like you could take your 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 plea to the UN and no. get uh, some kind of justice. You did not listen it. to what I said. Its main function it is to settle duly legal recognized disputes. International organs. You are not an international organ, sir. You could take your case to the UN, and then if you could get the UN, as I said, you would have to have some kind of agency represent you. Did I not say that? Did I not say that some agency like the ACLU or something like that would have to pick up your case in order to do it? So I'm not living in a fantasy world. Well, yes, I, if you have, if and likely you can't do it as a white guy. I imagine very few white guys manage to pull this off. But if you're some kind of indigenous people, or a woman, or a child, or some kind of what they would consider repressed, uh, you know, minority, I bet you very well could do that. I think it's it's an outright fantasy to think anything justice like will come out of the UN ever. Well, that's like saying that you think that no justice could come out of the any other court system. Do you think that any court could uh, dispense justice? Well, I, I particularly point that one at the UN. Well, if um, you know, it to me, I it's think like I this- think I think lesser courts certainly could because there's a more local influence. A person living in that city who grew up in that city cares about his city, but this UN, they don't care about anything but the money, man. The International Criminal Court is another option for you, Mark. They are a permanent tribunal to prosecute individuals for genocide, crimes against humanity, war crimes, and the crime of aggression, although it cannot currently exercise uh, jurisdiction over the crime of aggression. To date, the court has opened investigations into five situations since uh, 2002 when it was created. It is also located in The Hague. Uh, They have investigated northern Uganda, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Central African Republic, Darfur, and the Republic of Kenya has so far indicted 16 people, seven of, of whom remain fugitives. So you really don't have these options that you're talking about, I'm not Mark. Su- I, I don't necessarily know what all the options are. You don't Ian. have them. Uh, I try, think that's that, what I'm trying to well, tell no, you. No, no, I understand what you think, and, and you don't know either. Like, you've looked yeah. for 30 seconds on the Internet, and you've come up with a decision. Okay, Mark, that, why, that, don't you go look you, at, why don't you go look I into it then care. and figure I, out what it takes to get a case before the U.S. Supreme Court? It's not my issue. Sounds like it is. You're advocating for world government tonight. You it's very shocking. You just love to have something We're to argue up. about. You take control. This you is just don't want justice line. for people. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Again, you can bring up absolutely anything that you want to here tonight. It's Ian with you. 
JJ. And Mark. And we invite you to our website where you can actually enjoy all the features there completely free. But if you want to help support the show, shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You enter Amazon through that link and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Dot com and uh, again it, it's it's the same old Amazon that you know the world's largest retailer online they carry uh, you know pretty much everything that you could possibly want in dozens of categories even used items Amazon.freetalklive.com and from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you may have ever imagined possible when you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project learn more at freestateproject.org that's Free State project.org we're talking about a situation uh, that kind of stemmed from a discussion regarding the 14 year old girl that we talked about last night who was shot with a taser by a police chief uh, one of the taser barbs actually pierced her skull and entered her brain requiring them to essentially open her up and then stitch her up and take off a huge patch of her hair i mean she's not she's not brain damaged from what i can from what i understand but it certainly you know, it was, well, it was a horrifying as experience. Yet, as far as they know. This is true. And so Mark uh, started saying, well, he thought that it would be great if these folks could go and get justice. If they couldn't find justice within the United States, that they go to the world court and uh, and get justice. So I did a little bit of research, and Mark, you accused it of being 30 seconds. And no, it was a little longer than that. But now I've, done, now I've done more research, and you've done none. So, uh, so instead of just relying on Wikipedia, I actually went to the International Court of Justice website, and they happen to have a frequently asked questions. Number two, who may submit cases to the court? Only states are eligible to appear before the court in contentious cases. So there is no way for you, unless you are a state, Mark, uh, to appear before this court and search for the justice that you want. If you can't get your justice up to the Supreme Court level, the world court is not going to help you. Okay, and remember what my statement was, Ian. My statement was, I don't care what court it is as long as I can get justice. Mm -hmm. So that's still relevant. That's all I have to say. So, so then, would you advocate for the creation of a world court where individuals can take cases? I'm not advocating for any organization that would claim well, a monopoly privilege or not? or anything. Yeah. Mark, you're not going to get justice with the courts we have. We need to make a new one. Um, I'm not going to get justice if you create a new court anyway, because it wouldn't have jurisdiction over a case that it no, already No, no, we'll create existed. a brand new one just for this. Right. It'll it be above have, the Supreme you're, Court. You're dodging, it w- Mark. It wouldn't have any here. jurisdiction. In theory, would you support the creation of a of a world court that individuals could take cases to to have jurisdiction over the entire world? Um, no. Okay, so then you don't support what it takes to get justice, then, right? Because didn't you say earlier, just a few moments ago, that whatever it takes to get justice, you would support? Well, I, I told JJ that I'd support whatever uh, kind of cockamamie uh, plan he had too, if it gets justice for this case. So if you could get justice, then you would support the creation of a world court that has total jurisdiction over the entire world. If if that's what it takes to get what? justice, but I mean... What I, is justice? I don't think you could. Like, if you have... Uh, justice is uh, the person being made as whole as possible. Okay. I mean, I, that's such a vague and ambiguous term. I don't know I don't think that's vague or ambiguous. I, I would agree with Mark. I think that the victim needs to be made whole, and the okay, people so that are deciding the case have to de- decide it's what all, that means. almost always going to be money. Money represents the uh, time that you've spent in this world. Certainly. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, the, this police chief probably isn't going to pay out of his paycheck. But to me, that would be justice. There's no court in America or in the U.N. that's ever going to support taking the money out of this guy's paycheck. Okay, good. So you don't support this. a world court then? 
Ian, I support whatever court so you it do takes support in order court. I'm just to trying get to understand. Justice. You're just dodging around with this I'm political answer. I'm not dodging answer. anything, It's a man. totally political answer. You really should be a politician. I'm not someday. dodging anything. All right. Well, let's go to your calls, your thoughts, and talk to Brian, who's in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live with the Dodger. <clears throat> Hi there. Hey, Brian. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, a lot now, even more since I called in and had to wait for a while to get on. I know you guys are running a talk show and you can't take calls right away, but... Well, we can take calls whenever we want to. Kind of reminded me why I only listen to the Hour of the Time now, mostly, because I just get frustrated listening to talk talk, talk shows otherwise. Uh, I just want to comment on what the one gentleman last said. I, I don't know your name, so, you know, I apologize if I refer to you as, you know, guys, that, you know, because I don't know your names well enough to discern by voice. Uh, but one of the gentlemen just said that he would like, he would see justice if the police chief were to get his pay docked, so it would be justice to have someone else pay for the sins of another? The police chief is the one who tased this little girl. It was the police chief himself. All yes. right. Well, has, has a complaint even been filed in, in a court of competent jurisdiction yet? I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. It probably so won't go anywhere. We, if it it's, it's relatively recent news, and I suspect no lawyer has uh, probably filed a case yet. Well, you know, it, it's just... It, it seems like you guys are making presumptions that justice could not be obtained when... Odds know. are against it, sir. I mean, if you look at the history of police abuse and you look at the cases that have been brought and uh, what happens as a result, uh, usually the police exonerate themselves and they find them, they investigate themselves and find that they have uh, acted by the book. And in, in many cases, the courts will back them up. There are some cases in which cities will pay out settlements to people where the case is just so ironclad. They've got video footage or they've got something that totally proves that the police were doing naughty things. But typically, if it's the cop's word against the uh, the victim, then and usually the cop will get off scot-free. Now, does this, is that the, the article right there? So he's been fired? The, the police chief, yes. This is the news I haven't actually mentioned about the case. The uh, follow-up story is from cnjonline.com, where the city of Tucumcari, New Mexico, has fired police chief Roger Hatcher, according to a press release. Uh, Hatcher said he received a letter from city manager Bobby Rose informing him of the decision. He was on paid administrative leave since January 15th. Uh, but I, I can get into some more details on that January here, but it doesn't 15th. really it doesn't really address what uh, – yeah, this is January 15th last year, Mark. Okay. Uh, so it doesn't really address what uh, Brian is saying here. So continue, Brian, with your thoughts. Well, uh, you know, what I first I – I guess I should go to what I first called in about. Uh, the last caller that I heard – uh, made a statement that sounded like he was alleging that Marbury versus Madison um, actually placed the federal government above the state. Uh, it's, it's not only factually incorrect as far as what the case says, but it's incorrect in principle too. So I'm just I just was hoping that you guys would correct him, but you haven't. You guys went on a tirade with each other, and I think some of it was valid, but a lot of it was just. You know, confusing. And Thanks, more. Brian. I appreciate it. I'm not a Supreme Court expert, so I don't know what all their cases are. I don't know if you guys right. are, but I, you know, I don't know. Well, I mean, are, are you guys, I'm, I'm not saying that you have to support it, but are you guys even aware of the correct principles of cooperative federalism that we're supposed to be under? Well, I, I understand what um, that the idea is, is that this is a, supposed to be a country of of countries and that states are supposed to have uh, sovereignty in certain areas. I just don't think that uh, that that's the reality we live under. Yeah. Whatever whatever those words say, that's not the reality. The reality is it's an oligarchy and whoever has the money makes the rules. That's pretty much what's going on. 
Yeah, the states, uh, you know, when they, they tried to secede the first time, were slapped down in a very violent manner. Uh, and ever since then, there's kind of been a little switch in the way things operate to where the state governments are very, very, uh, you know, they, they're very subservient to the federal government. Yes, because the yes, money that's coming not from the correct. Feds. That's an illusion. That's not correct. And that's not because of the way it's constructed. It's because of the way that we, the people, have been derelicts. It's not the system that's fought any. Sure, I agree with you that if people were not uh, government. Yeah, Brian, I agree with you that if people were not so obedient and pathetic, uh, then things would be a lot different. No doubt about it. Certainly. Anything else you want to share tonight? Boy, there's so much. I just don't know how much time you guys want to devote to one individual caller. It's just it's very frustrating to see so many people so confused because they're not. Uh, because, you know, we are divided on incorrect principles, half-truths, and lies and obfuscation. And it's just very frustrating to see people continue to argue and bicker about things that are incorrect. And we're not even unified on the things that are correct to even what's what's correct i don't think that this is true okay so when the the states signed on to the constitution they gave appellate jurisdiction to the supreme court and so it means that whatever the constitution says the supreme court interprets it not the states not the individual not somebody who's learned like you the supreme court there are nine people who wear black moo-moos who decide what the constitution says and what it doesn't say so if they say that states don't have the right to secede they don't have the right to secede and i believe they have said that if they say that states are subservient to the federal government in all areas, then they're subservient to the federal government in all areas. You can read the Constitution to say whatever you want. It's simply a 213-year-old document to them. There's been no judicial – there's been no – there has been no uh, judicial – I don't know how to say it properly. There's been no verdict, though, that has stated what you just said. What, that states can't secede? No, that states – are subservient to the federal... No, it's just uh, reality. Like, you called it an an observation. And it's not an illusion. It's a reality. That's an observation. Now, I like what you're saying, Brian. It's a nice idea to say that, you know, the state should be... I'm for it. I used to believe it. uh, I just, you know, what I see is, you know, it's not happening. It's never gonna. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Hour number two is coming up next... This is Free Talk Live. Also, we'll give you a little more about why this police chief was fired. That's coming up. Free Talk Live. A very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we'll witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives. The way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and your family. Now, this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but he's usually right. He predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner. And recently, he created a video, which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at endofamerica19.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, it's endofamerica19.com. That's the numeral 19. That's endofamerica, the numeral 19.com. Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free 
Take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there totally free. Main feature allows you to control the content of the site. See what I mean? Go to freetalklive.com. Get interactive. As we continue joining you tonight, by the way, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. All right. So uh, before we get back to the phones, Mark, you had a comment you wanted to make. And, of course, we've got new people tuning in, so you'll have to recap a little bit. Yeah. uh, A guy just called at the end of uh, the last segment, uh, or excuse me, uh, in the beginning of the last segment, and he talked about, uh, you know, just the idea. Basically, he was talking about the Constitution, separation of powers between uh, the state and um, federal governments and federalism and and things like this. And it's it's not conversations that we've never had before. uh, these ideas we're, we're pretty familiar with. But he laid down one that you, both you and I have said years in the past, which was basically it's the responsibility of the people to uh, to maintain this this federal government uh, that we have in the way that uh, the Constitution has laid out. And, you know, there's quotes from Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson out there that basically support this. It's a republic, madam, if you can keep it. <laughs> right. And the idea is, is that somehow Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson, good guys that they are, um, were or were. You don't know if they were good guys. I, you know, I seem like reasonably good guys. Uh, anyway, know, go on. Whatever. That these guys were able to place upon me three hundred, almost you know, two hundred and fifty years later, whatever it is, an onus of criteria, an onus of behavior upon me. As to what I need to do, well, we have a constitution. We know that it's flawed. We know that uh, it won't hold the federal government in check. I mean, obviously, the, if, if that's what they thought, they were right, because it certainly hasn't hold, held the federal government in check. And this guy's clearly uh, you know, on the same page. He understands that that's true. But you know, he believes that, that we, that's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. That's what he said in the last segment. And I guess I want to know how was that onus of responsibility? Uh, you know, how, how, how did it become incumbent upon me? To do this work. Well, Mark, you said the Pledge of Allegiance when you were a kid, right? I was told, I was taught <laughs> well, to do that. Well, yes. guess what? The Pledge you of Allegiance is new blood. <laughs> that's it. You consented to all of it, Mark. Yep. Yeah. I, and that's it. Basically, you know that this is this is the uh, the constitutionalist sort of mantra that uh, you know we've got to protect this thing. Look, if the Constitution wasn't made well enough to hold the federal government in check, then it's the fault of the founders, the guys who wrote it. Well, Believe me, I think I can write a better one that'll last longer. Well, but- why doesn't everybody? Uh, why doesn't everybody hang on every word I say and uh, worry about the Constitution that I'm going to write? Hmm. I, I I totally understand where he's coming from, and I, well, I, here's something I just want to interject yeah. here. I got this story on raw raw new, uh, raw story here. It just highlights Obama's next chief of staff, oh, and it yeah. just happens to be J.P. Morgan exec William Daly. Come on down. How about that change? Hey, we got the bankers in charge of everything. Why not? They've done such a wonderful job for the economy yeah, and Obama's, all the American people. He's really stirring it up with the change up there. Yeah, that's right. Lots of change. Bringing the, uh, one of the heads of J.P. Morgan on to be his chief of staff. Yeah, because that's what the Constitution would be happy about. No, the idea that there's some <laughs> sort of onus of responsibility, uh, Mark, on you to, to do these things, clearly you're not bound, and clearly most people don't consider themselves bound to do these things because they don't do anything. Yeah, but a lot of them just don't vote, period. I don't know if he was saying you had a, a real responsibility in that way, but more of just the general responsibility that you know for evil to triumph good men do nothing must I, do nothing for I, evil to triumph I, you know and i totally agree with that and i i do what i you know i make a living out of doing a show about freedom so i mean i i have that uh, understanding but 
you know, the the the, the suggestion is is that this the Constitution clearly is this this frail, leak sprung boat, and that I need to do whatever I need to do to uh, keep this frail, leak sprung boat afloat. Well, no, I don't. I don't care about that very much. The Constitution means little to me because as far as I'm concerned, it's a failed, flawed document. But okay, I get you there. But as far as like, let's focus on more local matters in uh, Keene, New Hampshire or New Hampshire in general, which is where we do the show. uh, Wouldn't you also agree? Wouldn't you agree that if you put some time in and some effort in, then maybe there would be uh, and you pay attention, then maybe there would be less uh, a violation of people's rights and things like that. If more people were paying attention and and uh, and caring about what's going on out there. Um, I agree that people need to do that, but is the best way to do that to try to maintain the Constitution of the United States of America? No, that's why I said. I, let's put the U.S. aside and right. let's look locally and say, yes, being right. you know, vigilant well, does make like, a difference, say, right? This is like uh, yes. you know, somebody uh, you know, laying down – he's laying down the framework to do good things, for men to do good things, because the only thing uh, for le- evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. I'm definitely, definitely not doing nothing, and many other people are doing many other things. The suggestion is is that you that the the republic well, you're <laughs> not you doing the right it, things. You're not doing the right things, Mark, don't right. you know? I need to do whatever I need to do to pr- protect the republic. I don't I, no, I don't. Yeah, good riddance to the United States federal government. I have I'm with you on it's that. It's on I its have. way down and I, yes. I I want nothing to do to keep it to try Sha-na-na. to boom. Yeah, it needs to go away and it needs to not come back in any form at all. So let's continue with your thoughts, your calls, and go to Chris in Kentucky. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Hey, guys. Good Chris, to talk to you. What's um, on your mind tonight? Tonight, I am a frustrated guy. It's been a very contentious night, both on the air and off. But uh, I have any caffeine. <laughs> I have. Uh, I have been having some liberty-oriented discussions with a few friends of mine, both uh, online and off. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously they're totally alien to these ideas, or the ideas are totally alien to them, however you want to put it. Okay. But the uh, I've been called a, a hippie, a uh, mad hatter. Let's see, I was called a, a French revolutionary. And, you know, I try to put these ideas in very simple terms. You know, I try to show them the gun in the room. Are these conservatives know, about, that you're talking to? Um... I mean, for the most part, I mean, they're fairly educated. What's your relationship with these people? Very good friends. Very okay, good friends. Okay, so you have invested time and energy into these people, and you value their friendship. Yes. Yes. Okay. I would say if they're if they're insulting you like that, then start with smaller things. Do baby steps. Do little things mm-hmm. like news stories that come up that you can interject in a libertarian perspective or a, a liberty perspective. Um, but but segue it off of something they're talking about. Yeah, always best if you can find a point of agreement on which to focus on. So if they're complaining about something the government is doing, that's always a good time to kind of bounce off and show them, you know, maybe uh, the, the idea of the principle of uh, liberty, the non-aggression principle, not not aggressing against people and showing them how it uh, would could apply and, and make things yes. better in that particular situation. Can you give us maybe a more specific example of, of one of the issues you were talking to them about? Well, I mean, I, I essentially made a comment that I was talking to some friends of mine, and I made the comment that, you know, how, you know, because a lot of politicians will run around and saying that they're principled, you know, but my, my comment was that, you know, how can they be, 
how can they be principled when pretty much every vote they cast once they get into office, if they do get into office, advocates either theft or violence? You know, that's a good and, question. What about the principle? I mean, also, if somebody wants to claim they're principled, then just ask, well, what's your principle? Can you explain well, you know, what, in two sentences? And, yeah, and, that, and that's what I, that's what I talked to them. I, you know, and that's where the conversation started was kind of the morality of government and, and taxes, you know, comparing, well, not, but showing them that taxes is theft, you know, and, you know, they were like, well, you're, you're calling me unprincipled. And I'm like, well, no, you're unprincipled. If you believe taxes or theft is wrong, but taxes are okay, that's what makes you unprincipled. Now, if you say, you know, theft is okay and taxes are okay, then that makes you very principled, you know, because you're sticking to, you know, the same side of the argument on both sides, you know. But they just fail to see that, uh, you know, it's like they dance around the point that I try to make. Like someone was started, you know, claiming that I was saying that politicians were corrupt and. I well, I would agree that most are. I never said anything about corrupt politicians. I was just saying that the nature of government, the way it is, is very damaging, destructive, and 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 thieving. Are the conversations you're having taking place online or in like a real life situation somewhere? Well, some are, some some aren't. It's kind of been a back and forth kind of thing. Tell we, you what, we'll put together. you on hold here. We'll come back and talk more about uh, talking to friends, people you care about. That's a important subject. Absolutely, it is. Uh, 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the webcam. Watch, listen, chat. We've got the chat room built into the very same page over at cam.freetalklive.com. It is all totally free. cam.freetalklive.com. Brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBIC, ZenPaks, and X2s. They're all 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. In stock, ready to ship, the overnight delivery, it's MemoryDealers.com. So we're talking about communicating the ideas of freedom, and I agree with JJ, it is a very important topic. Uh, and specifically talking about the idea of communicating them to friends. So not in the situation of talking to some anonymous person on a message board or an internet posting right. uh, where it can be very difficult to even make any headway. But I would say that even when dealing with friends, it still helps to actually have that conversation in person if you, if Certainly. you possibly can. When you can read their body language and when you can react to it. Because I think the converse- And connect to them on a, on a you know, level that is not available through text. Certainly, yes. I, I think you need that just to make sure that you're not pushing them too far. Because a lot of the ideas that you're going to be talking about will reach some sort of cognitive dissidence in their mind and, and cause this, this defensive reaction where they don't they just they just disagree with whatever you say because they're still processing the the 
a shattering of the illusion that they have. And I think Chris was touching on that, and I think he's still with us. Chris in Kentucky, are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I think and you JJ, were talking. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just saying that JJ was making a good point about the cognitive dissonance. Like, one of my friends, you know, he was kind of agreeing with me, you know, kind of on the whole, like, revolutionary aspect. He's like, yeah, man, yeah, we should do this. And, and then I said something, you know, and, and he was all like, you know, no, but we need to be good citizens and we need to pay taxes, you know, and, you know, I, I thank, you know, our country for educating my kids and this and that. And I'm just like, man, how did you, you know, he, it's almost like he just relapsed. Right. I, I think know, a lot, like I said earlier before the break, uh, something about baby steps, but a lot of the conversations that I find are successful is when we talk only about one or two little issues. And then based on how the conversation's going, I'll change the subject before it becomes you know, too much of an issue to deal with. Well, mm-hmm. The idea that I have is simply to give them something to think about, and if it stays positive, they'll be more receptive to that idea in the future and when they're thinking about the exchange you had. But as, as soon as you reach that defensive, that cognitive dissonance wall of, of you know, ignorance, you, mm-hmm. you should stop the conversation there as far as that liberty, liberty topic. Yeah, I don't think you, you can't you can't impart these ideas in a day um, generally. Oh, I, there, for sure. There are a few people that you can do this with, but, uh, you know, honestly, it, it can in some cases it can take years. Well, and it, that's all. It sounded to me when you were describing earlier in the last segment, Chris, was uh, the circling around. I think that was a term you used where the, you, you'll be talking to your friend and it's, it just feels like they're circling around the same point and nothing's going anywhere. That, I think, is, is evidence of that cognitive dissonance. I mean, you, you've touched on something that they can't address honestly without violating their belief system and uh when that happens they shut down or they you know they return right back to their original point even though you may have already shattered it logically they they dig you know stick their head in the sand so so to speak and we'll just keep harping on that that's that's an example that they're going through that at that point in time and of course they would deny it categorically but uh that's that's what's happening and because in order to accept these ideas we have to and you know this uh we have to realize that we've been wrong for probably our entire adult lives at the very least uh and to 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 come to that kind of a realization about oneself is not something that you're likely going to uh to experience in the midst of a conversation so that would be maybe a good signal that once once they start sounding like the broken record or they're circling around and and repeating things that's a good time to go ahead and do what jj suggests and and just move things on and and leave leave it sitting right chris do you have any uh, certain uh conversations that you want to talk about or that you feel you don't have quite the the message to deliver well i mean uh, i just found it really frustrating because you know for me the most persuasive argument uh was was the argument that you know the philosophy of liberty video uh showed and it you know it's been harped on by others but the moral aspect of of liberty you know the fact that you know, I own my body, what I have is my own, and no one has the right to take that from me. And if anybody does take that from me, in whatever form or fashion that may be, that's wrong. That's stealing, you know? And uh, I guess I'm a little surprised to come across people who that uh, that doesn't resonate with. I'll ask them, is stealing wrong? They say yes, and then when I compare taxes to stealing and I ask them if that's wrong, they, you know, well, they hem and haw, and they don't know, you know, and it's like, well, 
you know, well, well, it, I, it hit me so hard, and I'm just—I guess I'm just surprised that it doesn't resonate with other people. As well, much. I think that's a difficult conversation to have because you're, the taxes are, are perceived to be voluntary. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we have well, this. I think they're perceived to be uh, uh, useful. Like they, we have to have them. A, a friend of mine, you know, I remember having this conversation. And he was being wide open. He's a wide open kind of guy. He said, "But how are we going to educate the kids?" Yeah, that, that, mm-hmm. right, yeah there's a lot of uns- a lot. there's so, a lot of unspoken assumptions in somebody just kind of rebutting the idea that taxes when are they say necessary. something like that you know you have to you have to understand what you're suggesting to them is you know dissolving all this stuff no As, more roads he never no more police he, yeah <laughs> he never yeah. imagined for a second that uh, you know well we could educate kids in the free market because uh, well what about those people that won't you you know all the stuff so mm-hmm. when um, you know, well, I, that's the thing. When when I get into that, when I say, you know, well, when I start putting forth those free market, you know, options about all these government services, you know, they start comparing me to some sort of communist kind of ideology <laughs> where, you know, we all own everything. And, and I just, I don't know, I'm just I having th- a hard time breaking through all these paradigms I think you're too, I think you're too deep into the, the tree itself. And I think you should focus on the root. You know, focus mm-hmm. on the argument of the force, the use of force. Uh, focus right. on simple and strong arguments that, that are simply well, truths. And I, and I tried that, you know, but then they always come down to, you know, because even if they might be on the verge of agreeing with me, okay, government is force. I might agree with you on that. But the overriding thing, they're like, well, but what about the kids? You know, sure. what about the roads? We need- you know, what about... So so okay That's so fear. so yeah right so you're you're just coming up on all the things that everybody deals with and I've got to tell you I don't think uh, I I find it very difficult to imagine a world where force isn't used understand mm-hmm. like there may be a free market in in what organizations use force but think about it bounty hunters use force to get what they want well if you can get them to agree on the principle that it's wrong to aggress against people and then they get to the but what about but what about then that's a good time to stop because you've gotten them to at least the very least agree on the idea or the, the mm-hmm. concept they're just coming up with the natural objections that somebody who's new exactly. are going to come up with at that point you you can stop and say hey look those are great questions i really don't want to spend the time to answer them right now because they're really detailed but i've got a great book that i recommend would you would you mind reading it do you like to mm-hmm. read books and kind of open up the opportunity for them to experience this message from someone who's not you uh, use the right. market for liberty. Use uh, healing our world. Use somebody else you can point to and say, go over here and do this. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Thanks. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. By dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, by the way, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And we invite you to our website uh, to enjoy the features there, which, by the way, include the bulletin board system. You can go there to get interactive at bbs.freetalklive.com. Talk to other Free Talk Live listeners there. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Dot com And coming up in November, Mark, there's something pretty interesting going on. Yeah, it's a cruise. It's a cruise to Bermuda with uh, Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me. 
This cruise isn't just a convention on the water, although there'll certainly be some speeches and some debates and things like that. It's an unconference where you can make what you want of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf. Of course, there's uh, all kinds of tours around Bermuda. There'll be vendors. Uh, vendors uh, actually get a write-off um, the same way they do, uh, you know, having uh, at, at conventions for the cost of conventions in the United States. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in 2011, but you need to, of course, it's 2011 now, <laughs> November 2011. You need to uh, reserve your berth, and uh, they're as low as $535 right now. There's no guarantee they're going to remain that way. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. It's cruise.freetalklive.com. All right, so uh, we're continuing here. I'm going to get right back to your phone calls, but I want to just flesh out what I was saying to uh, Chris in the very last moments of the the call in the last segment. He was calling about communicating the ideas of liberty to some friends of his and some of the walls, the brick walls that he's been running up against. Although in some cases, some some of his friends have been uh, amicable to at least part of the ideas that he's been presenting, perhaps agreeing with the statement that you know peaceful people should not be aggressed against. But then what about the schools and what about the roads and what about the police and what about all the typical objections that come up when you propose the idea of getting the government out of these areas? And you could spend the time answering every objection, answering every single question, but one question leads to another question, leads to another objection, leads to another, and so on. You're going to get bogged down. You'll never actually end up extricating yourself from that conversation because it'll just keep going. And that's why I said at a certain point, just I agree with JJ. You need to end the conversation. Only only put a few ideas out there and end it. Right. But if those those big questions come up, that's a good time to say, look, if are you really interested in knowing the answer? I mean, there are, there are answers to the questions you're asking. They're great questions. But I don't want to spend. You know, we're here. We're enjoying ourselves. Uh, let's let's move on to something else. I'd like to. You know, like you're at a bar or something like that. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to a great book. If you like to read, I'd be happy to loan you a copy of Healing Our World, which addresses so and so and so and so. It addresses you know how the environment will be handled in the in the in the marketplace. Or I'd like to loan you a copy of The Market for Liberty, which addresses the issue of the police and the courts and the things that you're concerned with. That. The idea being that, and Mark, I think you said this, uh, that uh, something about it's an old sales adage that uh, an expert is somebody who's from out of town. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be the only person who's presenting these ideas. It's one of the huge hurdles that uh, you know that for one that I had going getting over uh, talking to these ideas with my wife because well you know this happens with married couples. She's seen me make mistakes. She knows <laughs> thoroughly in her mind that I'm an idiot. Now, you know, <laughs> you know, she, she's not so much of an idiot that she doesn't mind being a stay-at-home mom and her her full, uh, you know, the full paycheck for the family comes from my obvious idiocy. But um, you know, this, you're fallible. This is, yeah, this yeah. is the dichotomy that uh, the people and and relationships deal with. But the fact is, um, you know, it took me a very long time, myself, a very long time to come around to the ideas that I have today uh, dealing with Ian. One of the I did not want to take uh, I didn't want to take suggestions coming from Ian because he's 10 years younger than I am. Hey, right. that's, it, you, what you're looking at is you're planting seeds of uh, the ideas and then you stop and you have to let those seeds grow because if you keep disturbing the ground, the seeds are in, they're never going to grow. That much is right. true. And you can think of the, uh, you know, to continue the seed analogy, you can think of 
these books, for instance, or maybe they don't like books, in which case you don't have as many options. But there's, there's always Free Talk podcasts. Live. Yeah, there's Free Talk Live. There are other podcasts there's, as well. Uh, YouTube videos. And there are some great YouTube. There's more now than ever before. Stefan Molyneux has some excellent ones. And, of course, he mentioned uh, – Chris mentioned the Philosophy of Liberty video. And now the ones he's working with, Think, uh, think Twice News Correct. Well. ThinkTwiceNews.com, I think, is uh, is their website. And they're starting, starting to put some, uh, some more product out, which is great. So, yeah, having kind of this repertoire of tools, if you will, and in, in some way you want to, again, use that, uh, that planting seeds. This is the fertilizer. This is the water. These are the things, the sunlight. These are the things that you need to, uh, to add into this equation to make sure those seeds sprout. So if this person is really showing an interest in knowing more, if they're serious, then they should be willing to accept one of these tools. Look, do you like to read? Do you like to listen? Do you like to watch videos? Which do you like the most? Okay, I like to read. All right, well, here's some great books. Here's one. Here's one. This is my favorite. This addresses what you what you're concerned with. Will you will you borrow this? And you know, if it, if you're really willing to do it, do a book exchange where they'll give you one of their books and you give uh, them one of yours. That way, it's fair. That way, everybody's sure. reading something. Um, but use these tools. That's what they're there for. These these people, these brilliant folks like Dr. Mary Ruard, have put the time in to create this uh, these these great books. Put them in front of in front of people and let them do the persuading. Then they're going to come back to you maybe with some other questions to follow that up. But after reading a book like Healing Our World, if you don't understand about honoring your neighbor's choice, you're not interested in honoring your neighbor's choice. Right on, Ian. So. That's where I would leave that one. Let's continue here. Oh, by the way, the Advocates for Self-Government, another, speaking of tools, you also still want to continue watering your own seeds, so you need to uh, you know, make yourself a better communicator, um, and the Advocates for Self-Government is essentially an organization dedicated to doing that, to helping you become, become a more effective communicator for the ideas of liberty. Their website is theadvocates.org. I highly recommend uh, their products in general, but one of them that I, I like a lot is, is Michael Cloud's book which is The Secrets of Libertarian Persuasion. Very good stuff. Lots of good tips and, and secrets awesome. and ideas in there. All right, so let's talk to Jeff in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm going to probably get some scoffs from a few corners here, but uh, I want to suggest something that's really off the wall here. And with conversations like these, I mean, in, in my, my take on it is we're generally trying to figure out how best should we interact together, what kind of society should we have. Um, and I think if the, the humankind, man, if left alone, uh, would be able to uh, be very successful at, at having a productive and happy society for all, uh, free of the evils of communism or fascism or the endless wars and injustices and, and persecutions. But I think that the fact is... Is, is that man is not alone, that there are spiritual powers and pr- principalities that we can rulers in heavenly uh, places. What's that? And I said, and rulers in heavenly, heavenly places. Perhaps. And uh, these uh, principalities and powers have dominion and sway over humanity. And, uh, you know, major ones, I would throw out some examples, would be spiritual principalities and powers like China or Persia, or Russia. How is you know? China? Sorry, how is China a spiritual anything? It's a concept. No, 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 no. Not, not, not the Chinese people or the land itself. But I'm talking about spirit, a spiritual principality that has dominion over China. What itself. does that I mean? mean what, what is a spiritual principality? Can you define that? Well, I would define it, and obviously, anything I'd say would have to be thought of abstractly. 
but a being. Uh, you could probably think of it as uh, something along the hierarchy of an angelic hierarchy, but not necessarily benign, that uh, has sway over uh, the, the people in this particular area of the world. So let me see if I'm following you. You're suggesting that there are angels who are kind of overarching certain geographic landmasses that uh, men have defined on maps? Now, now uh, they uh, like have dominion and power over peoples, right? You're talking that about the people sense? within a, a map that has been drawn by a human being. Well, uh, I think you're saying China in general, but I, I think one point to, to sort of perhaps disagree with you, I think that the, the spirit of an individual is the most free part of an individual because it can't be no, contained. I totally agree cage. with that. Now, also with that in mind, I also feel that it's free from influence. It can be persuaded, of course. It can be affected by the energy surrounding it and, and, and certainly made to feel change. But it is, an in, it is the sovereign part of an individual. The spirit is sovereign. I still am a little confused. I'll bring it back here in a moment. You can hang on, Jeff, if you'd like to explain this a little better because I'm, I'm a bit in the dark. I'm all in favor of being spiritual and, and all that. But uh, the idea that there are spiritual angels kind of hovering above Chinese people, but not above the Indian people, because there's a different angel for the Indian people. Maybe I'm confused. We'll come back with more. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. For as little as 3 bucks a month, you can use any major credit card or PayPal or a few alternative op- uh, options are available at amp.freetalklive.com and get perks too, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum uh, podcast, which is free of the usual podcast commercials. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more and to get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com as we continue here Jeff is in Arizona, and Jeff, you've called in tonight with a concept I can't say I've ever heard before. Uh, the suggestion, and, and, and I, when I recapped it earlier, you said I was wrong. So uh, I'm just going to try briefly one more time, and then you can correct me where I'm wrong. You were talking about these spiritual, and I forget the word you, uh, you used. Principalities, Principalities and powers, yeah. And I beg your, uh, your patience on this, because we're talking about something that, you know, humans generally can't see or uh, feel, you know, we can't see it with the uh, with our five senses, uh, but I was saying that, you know, spiritual principalities have dominion over certain peoples of the earth, and I wanted to correct the misconception that, you know, they have control over 
borders that are set by man. That's not necessarily so. I can give you an example of that, and that would be uh, the Celtic peoples. I mean, the Celtic peoples have spread all over the earth, New Zealand, Britain. They originally started out uh, going back to antiquity uh, in uh, the Caucasus region, which is why they're called Caucasian. They spread to Asia Minor, and they have their own native uh, aboriginal religion, which is really Druidism, but that's a distinct people that has a spiritual influence. And I'm just making a statement that I believe that there are spiritual principalities and powers that we can't see or taste or hear or touch that do have an influence on uh, certain peoples. Uh, and in some cases, although people have free will, they can allow themselves to be influenced by them. Certainly. So, uh, I, are these principalities good guys or bad guys? Uh, I would generally say they're bad guys. Okay. Um, now, when a particular group of people – now, you're talking about this isn't necessarily nations. You're talking about more of sort of genetic Yeah, origins. like, say, Persia. What is Persia? It's not just the borders of Iran, right? right? So I guess my question is this. Uh, the, the people of the world have become diluted. Uh, I know that I am a, a part oriental, part uh, – I would, I would guess uh, my you know, ancestors from sort of uh, uh, Western European atmosphere and some Mediterranean. So um, do I have – three different spiritual principalities that are trying to that are zapping laser beams down into my brain or or what yeah that's that's a good question uh i would say no but i would say those principalities and powers are still there and still have sway for example china is a distinct power uh why is it, well, china? China? Why is it? Wait, wait 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 you've drawn up china before and it's easy to yeah. say well the han chinese have their own principality and power but what the question i yeah. have is once they start mixing when the when the cantonese and the mandarins get together and have a kid does that kid have this other these both of these principalities or is it then well, when you, free yeah when you say han you know han was a dynasty oh, God, there was stop the it for a second stop you're, well, you're getting yeah. hung up on race here and my Hung, question that's a chinese name too yeah, um, I, I, it sure is. So um, you're getting hung up on these things. And my question is entirely different is, do you uh, are you then once your blood has mixed with another race, are you free of these principalities or do you have more principalities that are hung over you? And I think that's a very important question. Yeah, that's a very good question. I can't quite answer it. You know, I've heard strange tales that people that are of Celtic and American Indian blood have are predisposed to have psychic powers. Okay, you know, so you can't I, I even answer can't the question that. then. You, you no, really don't even have. You well, don't even have. You don't know what your beliefs okay, are in this area. Can I, can I step no, in I'm here? throwing the concept out there. Okay, here's here's the idea that I, I want to throw out there for you. I, I I will say that you can feel feel the spirit. I think you feel it all the time. When you're in love, you feel it. When you're in anger, you feel it. In passion, you feel it in the gut instinct that tells you don't go down the street. It feels bad. You feel it all the time. It's always guiding you whether you're paying attention or not. Well, that's your choice. But what you sound like you're describing there, JJ, is something that well, I I'm may be more into in that. line with. I'm getting into that. You sound, but it sounds to me like you're talking about just you know, kind of the uh, the energy within you. All that is right. This right. Uh, this other energy, but it's you're not saying it's divided by uh, principalities. No, or no, no like it, it has nothing to do with with geographic location. That's irrelevant. Or race, completely right? race, geographic location. None of it. None of the physical realm has anything to do with with the spirit. Okay. It just doesn't. I'm sorry. The physical. Is I think that's certainly true. What, uh, for example, would guide the Romans to go and try and wipe out the Visigoths? What drives that? 
uh, the will to conquer, a bloodlust, uh, wants for riches, treasure. I mean, slaves. All, right, all the answer the- is slaves. The same thing that drives politicians to run your life today. The ability to control other people and keep the fruits of their labor. It's simple. Is all you have to do is look at the last 10,000 years in, in uh, man's history, and you will find that it is a history of masters and servants. Thanks, Jeff, for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, you usually want to call in with, you know, if you're going to, you're going to explain a, or put forth the belief system, it helps if you actually believe in it or at least understand it. Well, I mean, one, what, one, one thing question I was all it took you to put a hole in that. From, from what I was saying is that you can be influenced by your, your external forces, so to speak. Like if you're in a situation where everybody's down and everybody's depressed, the likelihood of you being pulled down to their level is pretty high. Very high. Well, this is um, <laughs> okay. So his idea is really nothing new. Who's he? Or, JJ or this J, guy? Uh, this this fellow. Okay. What was, what was his name? Jeff. Jeff. His idea is nothing new or different. All he's saying is is that uh, um, he's he's outlining that Satan has uh, sublords and sublords beneath them and dukes and uh, and earls of uh, badness and that each one of these earls of badness he's just decided to assign to a particular ethnic race. One would have to ask. There's certainly been uh, races completely wiped out. What happens to those lords are they just uh, free-floating lords at, low, well, I uh, think, at large i think this uh, is honestly, nonsense you're, you're, yeah, it's, it is. it's just continuing <laughs> to talk about this subject period is is wasting time because <laughs> you're overcomplicating an extremely simple comp- concept because it, you're, you're confused by the simplicity that it is and, and you want to add all these different layers to it because then it seems like it could actually be real because it, it can't be real if it's just simple one plus one equals two. What's that, that's boring. That that's not that doesn't make for good drama. It doesn't make for good books from history and mythologies and all that crap. It also deprives people of the responsibility for their actions. If there's a bad spirit out yes. there then that bad spirit is what made me do whatever it is that I did that was bad. Well, that was that guy that chopped his mom up in a New York City apartment, and he said it was God that told him to do it. Well, well yeah, like he, he was being talked to by right. somebody, but, you know, the, the voices in his yeah. head. But, you know, if, if you're not taking responsibility for your actions, it's very easy to get away with doing things. There's no devil. There's no, no devil. No. That's even, a man even if concept. I'll go so far as to have some fun with you and say there's a God, because I really like the idea. I think that the world's a better place if you're, uh, you know, just just the idea of a God and he's a good well, guy and he yeah, but wants see, good things for okay, you. But I love that. The stuff, definition but, of God as it's known contemporarily is is so foolish that it, we should just begin. A God is just a greater being, an entity we can't understand because it's such a large and and infinite you know, creation, a being that, that we can't wrap our, our small pea brains around it. To be honest, it, it's, yeah. it's... I'm fine with that definition. But, but whether, whether you want to say it's, it, your, your prayers are actually going to do anything, well, maybe not, no. But maybe the positive energy that you have that you're, you're thinking about is going to create positive actions that you yield, and those positive actions will do something. But it's yeah. it's all about it's it's the mindset that you approach things. If you approach from a positive mindset, you're gonna have a positive reaction usually. Absolutely, I entirely agree with that. And I like your viewpoint. You know, the idea that if there's something out there, it's just this you know this, this all encompassing 
everything. All that is that, uh, and I agree with you, like, there's no devil, there's just love, and then we have created this fear, and we've created these other... Well, I think uh, it's a nature. I think I, I think that fear and, um, you know, violence are the nature of this world, and that that's the drama that uh, that would, would attract us to want to be beings here, so that we can have the experience of understanding those things, that those dramas and experiences don't exist in the spiritual plane, that they're not available there, in the same way that I'm not able to... Uh, to experience a lightsaber fight in real life so I go to the movies to see it. Well, I think just the key here, and, and I don't want to go too deep because I'm sure we have a lot of other callers to get to and whatnot, but the idea of, of coming here is just to be focused. That's that's why that you come here, so you're given one thought to think instead of a million thoughts to think because you can't really learn a whole lot when you have a whole bunch of different ideas and power and ability. and It's just like here you're focused, you, you can pursue one task. Maybe that's what you're here for. I'm here for the lightsaber fights. Good luck with that. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. Hour number three is up next. And you know what? We still uh, we haven't... We haven't gotten to the details on this cop who was actually fired for uh, shooting a taser into this 14-year-old girl. We'll uh, do our best to get to that coming up here in a bit. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free. So enjoy those on us again. Freetalklive.com. As uh, we continue here, coming up, we'll give you more details on the police chief. That was actually fired, believe it or not, shortly after, uh, well, not, maybe not that shortly, a little while. Well, several months. Almost a year. Semi-justice. He, he was fired eventually. After Quasi-justice. He, uh, <laughs> he shot a young girl, a 14-year-old girl. With a taser. Uh, with a taser, and one of the uh, barbs entered her skull. We'll continue with that here in a bit. But first, we go to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live, the NJJ and Mark. Yeah, I went into a, a drugstore, a chain drugstore, to buy a money order today, and the cashier said, you have your ID? And I said, I should meet no. And she told me that uh, ever since December, the cash register won't print a money order unless they scan my ID. Wow. Which uh, which store was this and how much Uh-oh. money were you putting in? It doesn't really matter how much because they didn't know until after I was you – know, I didn't tell them how I much see. I was oh, – so they, they already told me that they, it won't print any money orders unless they scan my ID. And that was CVS. Wow. And so, uh, see, some people figure it doesn't matter. You're just paying your credit card bill anyway, and the government has access to those bank records anyway. But it does matter because you need to keep the places uh, 
selling more money orders that don't invade your privacy is one issue. Absolutely. Uh, but ha- having uh, said that, I want to address some of the other kind of things that uh, you brought up on your program about uh, uh, debating people and, and uh, how to phrase things. I don't okay? debate. Okay. Well, I don't like the how- I don't like the concept. I like uh, the idea of persuading people better than conversing. Yeah, okay. okay. Now, force. Now, there's a, a very powerful word by itself is force, and it seems kind of awkward because we're always thinking of people being forced to do something like pay taxes. Uh, Try thinking about uh, the government, uh, speaking of the government, forcing people not to do something because it's, awkward, it's an awkward word combination there. Uh, when you hear the collectivists try to say, uh, well, when that happens, what happens when they do this? You know, that uh, this... this uh, pigeonhole of people with one particular characteristic, you say each person is a separate individual and a separate transaction. Okay? You don't have the right to punish uh, a person because of uh, things that other persons did. Okay? That, there's a, a point there. And let me, let me close by asking you a trivia question. What was the last year that Daniel Webster got elected to Congress? I have no idea. It was 2010. The 8th Congressional District of Florida, Daniel Webster, just got sworn in yesterday. That's cute, Tom. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate (laughs) hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you really can bring up absolutely anything. So we were talking in detail last night about a story out of New Mexico, uh, Tucumcari. We didn't know. I actually didn't even know what the city was last night, but we do now. Uh, where a police chief shot a 14-year-old girl with a taser for the vicious crime of, well, running away. She wasn't actually suspected of anything. Her mom had brought her to the police station to, for whatever reason, have the police adjudicate a family dispute. I mean, that's, first of all, not a very good idea to... Yeah, the, the, uh, there was a dispute about her interacting with people online. Uh, probably she was older. allegedly sending texts, or ra- rather sending pictures... Uh, pictures of her parts to older guys online was yeah. the uh, the um, allegation. And then it got physical between her and her mom. Certainly the girl did something. We're not clear as to whether the, no- the mom did something. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, they both... The mom took her down to the police station. She decided she didn't want to talk to the cops and ran away. The police chief ran after her, I guess, and demanded she stop, pulled out a taser. She didn't stop, and she was uh, hit with this thing, and, and it did some severe damage. Yeah, it's tragic. Entering her skull, actually, which yes. is really severe. Um, and so, of course, we talk about how the taser was not originally intended for this. It was intended to replace the gun in a, a situation in which the police must use deadly force. They can instead use the taser and keep the person alive. That was the concept, but it has shifted since then uh, as you uh, acknowledged, Mark, it has shifted since then to where many police departments are just openly acknowledging they use the taser for pain compliance in that if they tell you to do something and you don't do it, then they believe they're fully justified in using the taser in that instance. And that's what this was one of those instances. Well, it works on cattle. Why not? That's, that's pretty much all it is. It's just a glorified cattle prod. So uh, so here's the latest. Uh, the man was fired, actually. Police Chief Roger Hatcher, uh, according to a press release from the city, the city manager, Bobby Rose, uh, gave him a letter informing him of the decision. He'd been on paid administrative leave since January 15th. I'm presuming that's... You think this is over? I mean, really? Don't you think this guy's going to take it through the union and the courts and all that stuff? And uh, Oh, you know, I apologize, Mark. I was wrong about that. I, I thought this was uh, from... This article was written la- last year, so... 
he was only on paid administrative leave for a couple of weeks okay. when, they, uh, when they fired him. But uh, Hatcher said that uh, he would only discuss one of the reasons for termination cited in the letter, saying he felt they were all weak. Hatcher said, they, they said, I never established a permanent residence in Tucumcari, even though I lived at whatever street for 18 months. Hatcher says he believes Rose fired him to protect herself. Attempts to reach Rose and other city officials for comment weren't successful. Hatcher said he's hired uh, attorney John D'Amato of Albuquerque to fight the decision. He's gathering information and plans to meet with him this week. Um, The community, he said the community has been good to him and has made a lot of friends. The city doesn't want someone in there to do what's right. They want someone that will do what they want. Hatcher was also placed on paid administrative leave after shooting 14-year-old Kaylee Martinez with a taser. Uh, after being cleared by an internal investigation of any wrongdoing, he returned to duty uh, shortly thereafter. So apparently it was, I guess, the year before. The video we were talking about last night was not recent. It uh, was a couple years old. This guy was cleared on that particular issue, but ended up being fired down the line, although there's no knowledge that, uh, or at least... From this article, there's no knowledge that 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 particular incident was the reason he was fired. Just kind of a follow-up that he was fired eventually. It's distasteful, and um, you know, I guess uh, you could either say that this was a roundabout way of them firing him over this instance, or you can say that uh, you know these things come and bite you in the butt. Um, but I think he's right. I think that the city doesn't care about what's right. I think they want uh, you know they want to cover their butt, and you know. I, that doesn't surprise me at all. That's how politics works. It's unfortunate, but it is. So uh, now the very beginning of this program tonight, we talked about uh, somebody who is doing a lot more to solve crimes than that particular police chief, and that's Phoenix Jones. Uh, well, whether he's solving them or not, he is definitely preventing them uh, in many cases out in at least the one case. Seattle uh, area. Well, he's been out regularly, apparently, uh, doing crime interdictions. Uh, dresses up. He's a real-life superhero. He's got a. He's got his own... You know, uh, outfit. It's molded and it's fancy, and uh, and he's also got uh, what they what they described as a bulletproof vest and stab plates built into what they call the super suit. Uh, and he's not alone. He's actually out there with multiple others, uh, up to I think eight other people that are kind of the same superhero gang uh, there in Seattle. And They're a league. What's that? They're a league. Yeah, and apparently they're not. Again, they're not. The, they're not even the only ones. There are others beyond them. Uh, Seattle. Crime.com does some extra reporting here on Phoenix. I think it's very interesting here. Sure, sure. Phoenix Jones. I'm Phoenix Jones. I'm from the Seattle area, and I fight crime. That's how local masked man Phoenix Jones introduced himself to a group of boisterous college students sitting outside the Chipotle restaurant in the University District Friday night as I accompanied him on his nightly patrol. Jones, not his real name, is the latest masked Avenger to gain notoriety as part of a growing real-life superhero movement. People who dress up in costumes and do good deeds, or at least they say they do. Last week, the (laughs) Seattle Police Department's robbery unit sent out an internal memo to officers warning them that they may soon encounter Jones or his fellow costume do-gooders, such as Thorn, Buster Doe, Green Reaper, Gemini, No Name, Catastrophe, Thunder 88, and Penelope. According to the memo, who have popped up on Seattle's increasingly weird streets over the last year. (laughs) SPD had a run-in with Jones earlier this month when a concerned citizen called police and reported a potential robbery after they spotted two masked men pull their Kia Forte into the Capitol gas station with its lights uh, headlights off in the middle of the night. The masked men were gone by the time the officers arrived, but robbery detectives tracked Jones to his secret lair outside of Seattle. 
We'll tell you more about uh, Jones and his cohorts here in a moment and take your calls about anything you want. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. anything you want. Just dial in toll-free. Maybe you've got a comment on the real-life superheroes, or maybe you are one. I'd love to hear about uh, what you're up to. 800-259-9231. We'll continue that discussion here in a moment, uh, sharing with you what's going on up in Seattle, where there are multiple real-life superheroes that are hitting the streets and bringing the criminals to justice. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that here. But first, want to make sure you know about the archives. You can go to freetalklive.com and download a bunch of shows all the way back as late as uh, late 2006. You can go to freetalklive.com. You'll see the last week's worth at the top of the page. And then if you click into the archive section, that'll take you way back. All those archives are brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. It's whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website. You'll get a free domain transfers, free file transfers, free database transfers, free script transfers, 24-7 uh, technical support, and you'll get your first month completely free if you go to hostgator.freetalklive.com. It's your first month at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, so we're continuing to tell you about Phoenix Jones and the rest of the real-life superheroes that are in Washington in the Seattle area. But this isn't just a Seattle thing. There's an entire movement, the RLSH, Real-Life Superhero Movement. They actually have a manual online, rlsh-manual.com, that goes down, uh, you know, takes a look at gadgets, it takes a look at legal considerations, there's a lot of detail there. You mentioned, Mark, it's not a very pretty site, but it's just a manual, right? It's not a, it's not a sales pitch website or anything like that, so I don't think they really have to be worried about making the site pretty. Uh, SeattleCrime.com is reporting on Phoenix, who's one of the, I guess, more prominent members of the folks in Seattle that are, uh, that are out there hitting the streets. They're calling themselves the Guardians, or excuse me, they're calling themselves, oh uh, boy, I've, I've lost it now. But anyway, there's a group of them. Rain City Superhero Movement, that's what it is. So, again, SeattleCrime.com, uh, interviewing Jones, actually went out with him uh, as he was walking his, uh, his beat his shift. I don't know if they have shifts or, or how they do it. But the uh, so the, apparently police had shown up on a call because some people had uh, had been dressed up or they were in, they were at a gas station where their headlights were off. The masked men were gone by the time the cops arrived. But robbery detectives tracked Jones to a secret lair outside of Seattle and spoke with his godmother, who told police that he dresses up like a superhero and goes out with his friends at night and does good deeds. According to an internal police document, they later contacted the masked Avenger, who told the police that there are some nuts out there engaged in the same type of behavior and wanted to make it clear that they were not part of his group. Uh, and actually, there's a whole other piece about these guys over at Sa- uh, SeattlePI.com, where they, they actually name a couple of the other ones that uh, Jones is distancing himself uh, from. Apparently, Captain Ozone and Night Owl are not part of his gang, so you need to make sure you got it straight. Wow. Mm. Yeah. 
competing superheroes. Yep. Uh, after learning Jones's secret identity, oh, by the way, Jones agreed to come down to the police headquarters and be photographed in costume, uh, so they'll know who he is, I guess, compared to the other guys. After learning Jones's secret identity early Friday, I contacted him for an interview. Uh, Jones agreed to meet me in front of a University District Comics store after dark. I expected he'd show up in civilian clothes and I'd buy him a beer at a nearby bar while we talked superhero comics uh, and uh, books, etc. Instead, Jones arrived decked out in mask, cape, and black and gold rubbery suit, which he claims is bulletproof from the neck down to the kneecaps, including a ballistic vest, arm, and leg trauma plates, ballistic cup, and sculpted plastic abs. Interesting. Nice. You yeah. know, I, I, I wouldn't go out anything less than that if I were him, but, you know, the, the very interesting thing here, this is uh, going to take you by surprise, Ian, because I'm sure I've never mentioned it to you. It's a felony for me to wear a bulletproof vest. No kidding. Right. A felon cannot have a f- bulletproof vest. Does that, uh, what does that, uh, is that the craziest thing it you've is ever crazy. heard? Is that, is that true in uh, just New Hampshire? That's or true in the United States. Everywhere. America. America. So we uh, headed off down University Way for his nightly patrol. As we walked down the avenue, Jones, who's in his early 20s, tells me how he got into the crime-fighting game. About a and year single. About a year ago, he read a quote <laughs> from one of the... Sculpted go- abs. Well, that's until he rescues the lovely young lady <laughs> yes. right, from, uh, from peril. Is that his system? <laughs> he read a quote from one of the guardian angels in a comic book, which along with a lifetime of reading comics, especially those of his favorite heroes, Nightwing and Green Lantern, apparently inspired him to take up a life of crime-fighting. He says people don't take care of people. As we walk past a crowded bus stop on the avenue, Jones's getup looks quite a bit like Batman's costume, and just like the Dark Knight, he's a trained, title-winning amateur martial uh, martial artist and carries a utility belt stocked with a hefty-looking cattle prod-like stun gun and pepper spray, but never a gun. He's still working on his elaborate costume and is developing an iconic logo for himself, possibly the silhouette of him standing atop the Space Needle. (laughs) Wow. He needs branding. (laughs) Some people on the avenue walk up to shake his hand, and someone jokingly asks Jones if he lost a bet. One woman woman tells Jones he's creepy looking. (laughs) Jones is an amazingly affable guy. There's an earnestness in his interactions with people on the street, and while he seems to enjoy the attention, you get a sense he genuinely believes he can make a difference, and he gives out handshakes like they were going out of style. But it's clear some of the harsh words and disbelief from people on the street get to him. As we walk down the avenue, a group of young men crack wise about his costume and ask if he really thinks he's going to do any good. Jones hack- Jones's hackles go up after one of the college-age men asks him how well he knows his body and tells Phoenix he's going to need more than luck to fight crime. As we walk away, Jones mumbles that people who say things like that to him typically aren't in very good shape. Jones <laughs> says he's been on the receiving end from wisecracks and jeers from the late-night crowd since he went out on his first patrol about a year ago. He says, I walked around downtown and I didn't see any crime. It was pretty embarrassing, actually. Several it's got to be incredibly mortifying to go out in a, uh, a, a you know suit that people can't see what an incredible suit this is. It sounds like an incredible suit, yeah. um, but it, it's got to be mortifying as hell. Several weeks later, Jones had his first big break of sorts when he stopped a late night knife fight under a bridge and had his first run in with the police. They told me to take my mask off, he says, and I told them I'm a superhero and I don't take my mask off. I've been fighting real crimes ever since. <laughs> wow. Good for him for uh, refusing the cops on that. Now Jones says he goes out on patrol every night and always in a different location. Jones certainly takes a big game and claims in the last year he's been involved in about 30 different incidents, including four violent confrontations. He says he's made several citizens' arrests, including a takedown of a Peckerwood gang member on Capitol Hill and a suspect who is threatening someone with a golf club near the International District. 
While Jones proudly talks about his good deeds, he wasn't able to provide many details like names of suspects or dates of incidents to corroborate his stories. Jones also claims he's been stabbed. A picture of the supposed wound is, post- wound is posted on his Facebook page, and he says he was shot in Tacoma last year. But again, he declined to provide further details about the incidents. So is he telling the truth, or is he just making it all up to sound like he is a superhero? I couldn't say. Yeah, it's difficult to tell. Without you know, the guy's going out and doing the, if he's, he's making the walks, he's getting the wisecracks, you know, he's, he's doing his, do, you know, he's, he's doing what it, what it takes, yeah. I guess. When asked where he receives medical treatment, as hospital staff typically report gunshot wounds and other serious assaults to police, Jones simply said he knows a doctor who fixes him up when he's injured in the line of duty. He doesn't seem to be worried about being killed or maimed while playing superhero, but the cops sure think that's how he'll end up. Several Seattle PD officers chuckled or groaned when we asked them about Jones. None were specifically familiar with him, but all questioned the saneness of his vigilantism. One officer jokingly asked how Jones would la- how long Jones would last at the corner of Rainier and Henderson, and another called him crazy. But again, this is nothing new for Jones. Well, you know, if, if these guys just want to have the monopoly on this kind of thing. They don't like somebody going out and doing uh, no, stuff. No, no, it needs thing. to be a special person to wear that badge. Is he the real deal? 800-259-9231. Or maybe you are. Maybe you're one of these real-life superheroes. You can bring up whatever you want, of course. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll free at 1 800 259 9231. The SACL CAI toll free line 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on the site and we uh, do uh, give them to you on the house. Unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for their websites. You can go and enjoy the uh, the Shrine of Female listeners uh, with the dozens of ladies who sent us their photo or validated uh, video to show they are indeed listeners of the program. There's that and news updates and listening options and more. Go and do it. Get interactive in various different ways. All for free at freetalklive.com. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference. Get experience and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduate, graduate, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have uh, internships in all types of journalism and public policy organizations. The internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, training throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information. Sign up to receive updates and reminders. It's libertarianinternships.com. All right, a little bit more about the real-life uh, real superhero movement, as it's being called, uh, that is manifesting itself in various different ways. We're focusing on one of them, Phoenix Jones, who is a man in his early 20s who is regularly walking around Seattle in full decked-out costume, which he claims is bulletproof all, pretty much all over. Uh, he's got all kinds of uh, devices and things like that that he's uh, carrying around. He's got, a, I guess, a, a stun gun and pepper spray and and he's made this custom suit that is really just, by all just definitions, sounds awesome. Um, and he's going around and, and getting involved. Of course, the police department doesn't really care too much for it. And as you pointed out, Mark, it's because they don't like the competition. 
making them look bad, actually showing up quickly uh, to uh, to a situation and and you know handling it and resolving it. Well, for and and to be uh, to 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 I so, sort of uh, help him out a little bit. He's not getting a nine one one call, and he's not That's true. You know, in the loop as far as communications are concerned. I think he has to he has to actually stumble upon the scene or watch an area. He could listen to a police scanner. I'm not sure about how he he targets certain areas. He does sound like he is walking through certain zones and he's going in different places at different times. Um, it's easier than having the, uh, the 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 Phoenix helicopter. Jones says that I'm not crazy, eccentric maybe, but I'm really here to help. Adding that he also isn't trying to get attention for himself, saying that if I wanted attention, I'd take the mask off. He says. While Jones seems like a genuine enough guy, it's still a bit tough to buy into his costumed altruism, says SeattleCrime.com. Aside from being unable to provide hard evidence of any of his good deeds, he's clearly not equipped to do more than react to crime rather than deal with the root causes. While he may be able to chase down a purse snatcher or break up a bar fight, it seems highly unlikely that he has the ability to, say, get a 14-year-old girl out of a life of prostitution and into therapy in a stable home life. Jones's costumed heroics are ultimately rooted in the comic book morality, where crime is all about black and white, good and evil, with no gray areas or contributing socioeconomic factors. When asked whether he'd try to arrest someone he caught smoking marijuana, he said he follows police guidelines and considers it a low priority. Then he says he doesn't have a problem with people using drugs, but wants drug dealers to sell somewhere else. That's the kind of circular logic that makes Jones's alleged costume do-goodery great on paper, but impractical in real life. Jones has the right idea, as he says. People don't take care of people, but putting on a costume doesn't make one a hero. Hopefully he and a Seattle's new crew of costumed crime fighters can do some good without getting killed. Well, if if he wants to, you know, I understand he's not handling the root uh, causes of crime, and I, um, you know, would, would find it difficult that uh, to imagine that he he would. But he's doing something. If he's stopping uh, the average uh, car burglary now and then, um, you know, scaring some people criminals off from a particular area or something like that as far as i'm concerned he's doing fine stuff and if that's how he wants to spend his time it's okay you know i i don't critiquing him for not going at uh, going and helping the roots of crime i'm not sure that that well i I, yeah i i I don't see how i mean one person can i'm sure one person can do a lot of things and i I don't begrudge that at all but at the same time one person can only do so much and if he's got a you know a normal life of working to pay his bills and he does this at night in his, his spare time i mean it, it is very noble what he's doing um going out to help people i just uh i i think i mean obviously my only problem is his is i guess worship of the state is following following the, following exact, the police's right well rules, the, yeah. the rules set up by the state even though it kind of doesn't make sense to him to to arrest people for smoking pot you know it's it's one of those things where you come upon it like well I'm really not going to do anything because this isn't that bad. I mean, there's a carjacking over here. I got to take care of, or yeah. something like that. I mean, in his scope of of problems that he deals with, I think um, he he can be a helpful asset to that community. Absolutely, I, I fully support it. I think it's a it's an interesting concept. It's certainly something fairly new. Uh, maybe I mean vigilantes. Uh, I guess have been around for a while, but uh, this this guy wearing the mask and walking down the street takes, takes it to a, a new big level. old pair. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Much so, respect. Yeah, maybe we'll hear more about uh, Phoenix and the rest of the crew out there because there's a whole bunch of them, and they're not just in Seattle. We'll keep you in the loop if we do because they're certainly a lot more useful than the guys that are out just uh, taking pictures with people in costumes in L.A. Not to say they're bad either, but uh, there's two two types. 
of superheroes you'll see out there. They're the guys that are just there for a photo op, and then they're the guys that'll actually run to your assistance if something's going on. Right, right. It'd be pretty sad to see the Spider-Man photo op guy running away from a uh, situation <laughs> like that. He doesn't have a bulletproof outfit. No, no. So uh, so here's the latest on what's going on. We've, we've touched on this, I think it was earlier this week. As the news was announced that there were birds falling from the sky by the thousands in a small town in, I believe it was BB, Arkansas. Mark, am I remembering that correctly? Yes, BB. And it's not just in BB and not just nearby BB where these strange things are occurring. Um, the Daily Mail has kind of got a rundown here, and this was printed today, so hopefully this will encompass much of what has been transpiring in the past couple of weeks. Uh, Thousands of fish found floating in Florida after a cold snap. 200 birds found dead on a highway bridge in Texas. 50 dead jackdaws found on a city street in Sweden. 100 tons. I don't know what a jackdaw is either. Uh, you can look it up, though, Mark, if you want. 100 tons of sardines. jackdaw. Uh, just how it sounds. J-A-C-K-D-A-W. One word. Uh, 100 tons of sardines, croaker, and catfish wash up dead on a Brazilian coast. Hundreds of fish dead in New Zealand. And in Britain, 40,000 devil crabs have now joined the list of casualties. More and more animals are being found dead as the mysterious spate of mass bird and fish deaths turns... At least they're being reported. Uh, ...has turned into a global phenomenon. And that's what makes me... That's what I've been wondering about here is, are these mass deaths happening on a more regular basis and now just all of a sudden it has spurned into this noticed thing where people are are actively looking for these stories and collecting them now? Has it always been happening? It's certainly interesting. A jackdaw is a crow. Aha. I think I think the deaths have been happening, but they are more logical or more easy to explain, if you will. Uh, with this, there's so many unknown variables. Uh, just for example, the birds. They did the autopsy on the birds, and obviously they found that they had you know blunt trauma or physical trauma, but they fell out of the sky mm-hmm. and hit the ground. Now, what caused them to fall out of the sky? Can you tell that from an autopsy, or or how do we find that sort of thing out? So the physical trauma could have been from falling out of the sky. Yeah, exactly. They, they hit the ground and. It, you know, at whatever rate of speed they fall at, and they're uh, you know they're damaged by that. Now, was that the problem, or what caused them to fall without flying or without flapping their wings? That is open to speculation. I know that the official version that I've I've heard at least through the news media that they've been at least parroting has been that it might have been fireworks, but there weren't any fireworks. There's fireworks all the time. I mean, yeah. look, look at New Year's, I mean, uh, uh, Independence Day. But the birds uh, were falling before midnight on uh, New Year's Eve anyway. So they, they started falling apparently at around 1130. Well, and this is BB Arkansas. What kind of fireworks are we talking about? Well, those blackbirds that they're talking about don't fly at night usually because they can't see in the dark. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're not a type of bird that would go flying in the dark unless it was something strange occurrence. And that doesn't explain the fish anyway. No, it I mean, doesn't. The fireworks explanation doesn't explain them. Uh, some would say it's a government plot. Oh, there's what two that million means? dead fish appear in Chesapeake Bay, which is fairly close to where we are. How many? Two million. Two million? Two million dead fish. That's a this, lot of dead this was fish. recent too? This, this one? was, yes, today. Or, um, you know, some, some hours. Two million is incredible. Yesterday. Anyway, let's continue here. Uh, so these latest two separate incidents saw thousands of fish floating in a creek in Florida and 200 birds found dead on a highway bridge in Texas. Experts were yesterday carrying out tests on the jackdaws found in Sweden. They appear to have suffered the same fate as thousands of their cousins who fell from the sky in separate incidents in the United States. 
Swedish experts have said the shock of fireworks being let off near the city in the southeast of the country and difficulty finding food may have led to the deaths of the jackdaws. We'll come back with more and would love to have your speculation on this. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Dial in now at 1-800-259-9231, especially if you've got some ideas about these birds and fish that are just dying in droves and a lot. I mean, in some cases, the claim two million fish. Chesapeake Bay, two million estimated two million dead fish. Chesapeake Bay state officials investigating the fish kill believe water temperatures are to blame. Majority of the dead fish are adult spot which a Maryland Department of Environment rep explains are susceptible to chilly water and typically migrate out of the upper bay by now. Okay, well, now that one makes sense, sure. right? Could fish dying because the water's too cold. Some are saying this is going to be you know, the coldest winter, the coldest January in history. Uh, I saw that headline today. But what about the birds? I mean, the birds falling from the sky in places around the world, not just... Uh, B.B. Arkansas, but in other places, 450 red-winged blackbirds, brown-headed cowbirds, grackles, and starlings found littering a highway in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana, for instance. Uh, I think the most suspicious thing is just if you look at the pictures that the, the, the people provide. I saw the one in Arkansas from the uh, the New Year's Day, and it was just a shot of a street, basically a street shot. Uh, it was very open. There wasn't a lot of tall things or anything in the way. It was it was a fairly good open shot, but it, it showed the birds had rained down in a fairly even random distribution, which suggests, I mean, it, it suggests it's something. I don't it's know not what. that they were concentrated. It wasn't like they were all coming out of one tree at the time when they were startled. It's It suggested they were all in the air, spread out, flying somewhere, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden just plummeted. Kerplunk. So strange. It's strange. And, uh, I mean, one theory that, that I was just throwing out there for, for my own amusement while we were at break was the uh, the uh, electromagnetic uh, radio spectrum with the uh, Wi-Fi and internets and, uh, you know, cell phones, that stuff. I, but it's just, it's difficult that doesn't to say explain, that's it. That doesn't explain no. the, uh, the the reason why it would all happen at once. I mean, why... I agree. There, there have been Wi-Fi signals for years. There have been cell phone signals for years. There have been radio signals all over the place. And you're right. I mean, certainly... You're I think being... it would have to be in conjunction with something else. And that mm-hmm. that's something else. I don't know. But... As far as I mean, providing- to, to have that many birds drop from the sky, that's some kind of an event. I mean, something has happened there. Yes, I, I agree. I agree that this, but what? And we can speculate all day. Even if it was a disease, right? I mean, they all wouldn't die at that one moment. Right, exactly. What are the odds I, of that? That's, that's, that's the point where I can't say it's a virus or a bacteria because 
I mean, it would be more sporadic. You know, the weak ones would die first, and or the old ones and the weak ones, and then the the middle aged ones would be random. You know, not all at once. Of course, bizarre right. stuff. We're just talk show hosts. We're not scientists. So, well, let's see yeah. what they're saying. You get your science for talk show hosts, and you're, you're getting it from the wrong place. Many of the birds. This is again from the Daily Mail of the UK. Many of the birds are believed to have died from stress or as a result of being run over by vehicles while disoriented. Now they're specifically talking about the jackdaws uh, in Sweden that have perished and there were approximately uh let's see 50 of those so on the on the lower end of the scale here we're talking five they were talking about thousands of birds dying uh, 3,000 blackbirds in roofs on roofs and roads in the small town of bb arkansas 450 blackbirds in uh in other birds in baton rouge louisiana uh, scientists have also been left baffled by at least 100 tons of sardines croaker and catfish washing up dead along the brazil coastline uh, near Pana, well, Parangua, there were more fish deaths reported today in New Zealand, while in England, the carcasses of 40,000 devil crabs are strewn across a beach in Kent. Hundreds of dead starlings and robins were found scattered in backyards in the Kentucky town of Gilbertsville, while an estimated 2 million dead fish have washed ashore in Chesapeake Bay, Maryland, as uh, JJ was reporting. They are the latest in a spate of incidents which are being blamed on New Year fireworks, thunderstorms, cold weather, parasites, and even poisoning. The Internet has been abuzz with conspiracy theories about secret government experiments. Being- I'll tell you what, this really lends itself to that. I mean, I even find myself saying, "Is this? are they testing some new weapon? But it's all over. I mean, Sweden? So if you there's a Google map someone made up, uh, the Animal Death Map. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called Mass Animal Deaths. It was created on January 5th. And it basically just points on the map where all these incidents happened. Uh, there's a large concentration in the United States, uh, some sporadic concentration around the Ring of Fire from New Zealand all the way up to Japan, and then a few sporadic uh, events in England uh, or in, in Europe. Mostly. At least those are the ones that uh, have been reported exactly. and they've, they've picked up on. But the mo- the majority of them are in the United States along the coast or the southern to uh, northeast. Some might even suggest it's aliens that uh, that are doing this. I mean, because once you get beyond the the realm of human conceptualization as to what could happen in these instances, you start to go into the uh, the inhuman or the uh, the, the non-human. Yes. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder if, if it were some government weapon that they were testing, you'd think they'd stop when they're killing all these animals. I mean, they're well, they're the government; they wouldn't care, right? Well, I think they they, they certainly they're certainly leaving themselves a trail to be hunted down. Well, uh, and again, the the story here is also suggesting some are saying this is the sign of a looming Armageddon and the end of the Mayan calendar, which is scheduled to happen in late uh, 2012. Somebody will make a movie out of that pretty quick. Thousands of Brazilian fishermen are struggling to make ends meet after the sale of seafood was temporarily suspended when masses of fish were discovered dead. Uh, Experts have speculated that cold weather or chemical leaks could be behind the deaths. Uh, Another, uh, the president of the Federation of Fishermen's Colony of Parana said the deaths had been discovered since Thursday of last week. So again, right around the turn of the uh, the decade, the turn of the uh, the new years when all of these things are, are happening. Bizarre stuff. On Thursday, we began to find a lot of dead fish. One community had to bury 15 tons alone. Gosh. We're experiencing... Mostly what I'm seeing here, just uh, just to uh, reiterate what you're saying, is the fish are the main species, a uh, main type of animal. There's very... Very few uh, flying animals, but they're either a flying animal or a fish that I've seen on this huge on this death map here. Uh, well, but with the fish being the predominant, somebody's going to call in with a Bible verse that. Uh... <laughs> 
Samples of the dead fish have been sent to the Center for Marine Studies at the Universidad Federal do Paraná. One of the uh, latest incidents saw thousands of fish uh, found rotting and floating in Spruce Creek, Florida after a period of cold weather. Mullet, ladyfish, and catfish have been washing up as winds caused the carcasses to gather on the bends around the creek. And 200 birds were found dead on a highway bridge crossing the Lake of the Pines in Big Cypress Creek, Texas. Experts believe the birds have been hit by passing vehicles while walking or apparently trying to roost on the bridge. Why would they roost? Oh, why would they the roost on the bridge? Don't bridges get colder than the rest of the uh, the surrounding area? It keeps yep. the water off of them. The cold weather in is Britain. it colder up in a tree than it is down in the down in the ground? The cold weather has also been blamed for the deaths of forty thousand swimming crabs, known as devil crabs, found littering the beach of Thanet in Great Britain uh, last year. The environmental agency sent up an inquiry into unexplained numbers of deaths amid fears mystery a mystery virus could be to blame, but it concluded the crab deaths were linked to the cold weather. Is that really all it is? Is it just because it's cold? And and have these things been I, happening before? If it's if it's just okay, about the, cold the weather, the Chesapeake Bay one just. To, to, to interject, in 1976 and 1980, they also had a similar incident where the fish population uh, washed up on shore, uh, dead, obviously. Well, it's, um, you know, it, in the, each singular one they can explain, that much is true. It's it's just the them all happening together, which is so spooky and weird. Um, and, by the way, when you're talking about cold weather, these uh, blackbirds showed evidence of trauma. And so, well, it could be from the fall, right? Could be. Another 450 birds were found uh, dead along a highway in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They're believed to have hit power lines after becoming disoriented because allegedly that's far fetched of the fireworks. That's far fetched to hit it a sure power is. line. I mean, that, that, how many? Lots of birds. I understand the birds. They fly in a flock and they right. fly together. But what are the odds? 450 birds are going to run into power lines. It's not exactly the biggest you know frontage for something to hit yeah exactly and even if you do hit it usually they're circular and it's easy to just i, I imagine to just bounce off of it if you don't get a clean clear shot right and and it also just goes to show how few ideas that uh the, those that have to have to come up with these ideas have well right and and re- i remember learning about power lines when i was younger correct me if i'm wrong on this guys but can't you avoid being shocked by a power line un- unless you touch another power line yeah yeah you or you're grounded yeah uh, or you're grounded. Two of them. So you can, you can have, hang from a power line yes. and you'd be fine, right? I, I've heard that. I had a squirrel that bit a power line um, at, uh, at, at my house, well, and it hung there dead. Well, biting it is another, is another situation. Yeah, penetrating the insulation. But, but touching the power line itself, just on one power line, please don't try this at home. Uh, but yes, it's, don't, it's, don't take this guy's advice on power lines, kids. It's, no. it's supposedly not going, because there's no differential between, like you said, if you're grounded, then there's a problem. There's no pass. Right. And if you if you touch another power line, then there's a differential between the two power lines, and you've created that uh, the path between the two. But otherwise, you know, so what are the odds that a bird, or 450 birds, are going to successfully be able to touch two power lines? It's crazy talk. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's it's BS. So uh, 50 of the creatures were found near a power line 30 feet from Louisiana Highway Number 1. A second group was discovered stretched from the power line across the highway just a quarter of a mile away. So there's no real answer here. He says the one of the experts of the Integrative Bird Behavior Studies say the birds may have been ill or startled from their roost before hitting the power line, saying they don't hit a power line for no reason. Very strange. No real answers here. If you've got them, if we've missed something, please let us know tomorrow night because we're out of time for tonight. We'll see you then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. 
The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, you're listening to another edition of the Edgington Post. And today I have with me uh, Kelly Holderson. Am I saying your name la- last name right? Um, it's Haldorson. Haldorson. Halderson. Yeah, all right. really easy. So. <laughs> it's all good. Now, Kelly, you are um, a, a member of the Free State Project, a signer of the Free State Project, I, I should say. Well, actually, I'm a native of New Hampshire ah. uh, person. Um, well, so I've, I grew up in New Hampshire. Excellent. But, I'm, but a big supporter of the project. Gotcha. And you are driving a school bus around at least the east coast of uh, the United States. You may intend to go a little farther at some point, but uh, you're calling it the unschool bus. You have it uh, sort of painted up and it says unschool bus on it? Yeah. Um, actually, we have it in chalkboard paint, so we change it all the time. We write all kinds of different things, but we are the unschool bus. Uh, and I have a blog that I do on the unschoolbus.com. So, yeah. And we are currently in Georgia. Okay. We have plans to go all the way to the West Coast and up and back to New England and all around the country. Just uh, are you just doing it during the winter months to uh, find warmer climbs, or what's what's your what's your plan? Well, our, it's mostly just to to give adventure and um, meet people and and do things for um, interest for our kids and to and to honestly spread the word of liberty mm-hmm. and show people that we're out there and that we're I, it might <laughs> that we're just people and that. Um, we're not, I mean, it sounds a little wild what we're doing, but um, that we just show people that even these alternative lifestyles are, are we're normal people, we're nice people, we're, we care about, you know, uh, other folks and want them to have their freedom. Got it. So um, I guess, uh, you know, I, I, you know, how long do you, before, you, before we go on, how long do you expect yep. uh, the, this trip to take? Um, well, we're going to, we're kind of on the road indefinitely. We're coming back to New England, um, coming back to New Hampshire for a couple months in uh, March. Okay. And then we're out on the road, basically. But it's our full-time home now. Got it. So you sold off the uh, whatever it was you were living in previously? Yeah, we were just renting previously, so it was pretty easy for us to sever those those ties. But we're, I mean, it's registered in New Hampshire. We're, uh, you know, we're, we're still New Hampshire folk, but we, we just travel around. So how many kids are you dragging around in the school bus? Well, currently we are dragging around three. Okay. Uh, have three teens, and um, I think you've interviewed Erica Goldson, um, the valedictorian that gave that speech. Mm-hmm. She's she's actually going to be joining us pretty soon too. So we'll have four. She's uh, you know she's an adult at this point. But, right. Um. She she is another teen. Just looking for a little adventure. Yeah. So, uh, I guess um, we've talked about unschooling on the show, but I wouldn't call myself an expert on it. I've re- I've read about it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm interested in the idea. I find it uh, I, I find it a little scary. Um, you know, we we talk about uh, doing it with my son Jack, but you know, it's all to us. It's fine and dandy this child directed learning thing, but that that you know, we're kind of I, I admittedly pushing him to to learn to read as soon as possible. You know, I, I don't know about push is the right term, but we're giving him the uh, the tools to work with, and he's very interested in it. So, um, you know, we're, he's setting our mind at ease in that area. But, you know, I know some unschooled uh, kids don't learn to read until they're, you know, in their double digits. Yeah, that that's true. My kids actually went to school early on. We've only been homeschooling slash unschooling for this is, will be our sixth year. So my kids all knew how to read, 
Um, I think that if I had children now, I would be much more... I, I, I've met so many unschooled kids that haven't learned to read till the double digits. I... I have a hard time understanding how that doesn't happen because we're such a... My, my family reads a lot. I read yeah. aloud to my kids a lot. I would imagine my kids would pick it up um, sooner, but um, I think that I would be okay, you know, pretty comfortable. I've met, a, like I said, I've met a lot of unschooled kids now that haven't read until the double digits, and, and they do, they just, then, you know, a year later, they're reading tons of things, so... Um, I've heard those same ended, stories. I've I've, I've heard yeah. those same stories, and I guess it's supposed to set the mind of e, uh, at ease of uh, parents who, whose kids cannot yet read. But uh, to to me, it's just a, it's frightening. It's like it's it's like that feeling you get when you're going up the roller coaster. Chick 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 chick. Yeah. yeah. Well, you gotta. I, I think what if you parallel it to the the whole idea of of liberty? It's really to me what's. Um, it's really an extension of, I mean, I came to unschooling from a libertarian perspective. Mm-hmm. So it, a lot of people come from to unschooling from like an attachment parenting base, and it's an extension of pe- attachment parenting. So What's that? From that? Attachment parent- parenting. Attachment parenting is like co-sleeping, um, mm-hmm. listening to your child's needs, uh, putting their needs, you know, uh, Equal to yours, basically. Yeah, they um, some of them will uh, potty train like the kids without diapers. Uh, it's, yeah, uh, it's, EC. That's called uh, that's EC um, elimination communication. And I've seen I, that's not what I did. I mean, I, I, I sort of leaned toward attachment parenting, but I didn't know that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with co-sleeping and things like that, um, now I know that's what people call it. You know. Um, and there were things that I did that weren't very attachment parenting. Like I had, and, and early in my homeschooling, uh, we also did were, were more structured very early on. Yeah. But um, but if you, I parallel unschooling much more with um, with freedom and liberty and um, the whole liberty movement and, and and not just the liberty movement, but the the philosophy of liberty mm-hmm. and freedom to understand. So just as and think about all the people that come that that aren't libertarian minded and they come and they go well i'm scared i'm scared that you know you know there's going to be criminals running all over the streets sure. or i'm scared that i'm it's the same idea <laughs> and if you really look at the learning in the same same way oh my kids are never going to understand that i'm scared you know he's never going to have those tools well it's it's really such a parallel and it's it, that i think that it can help you understand um or, or help you open your mind to it is going to be okay. This is about the individual, and it's about raising an individual for what they're interested in, and they need to learn. To, they they need the opportunity to make their own choices and have their own experiences and do what it is they want to do to fully blossom in the way that they're going. To, you know, that's meant for them. Um, just like with libertarianism, you know, people should be free to make those own choices. They need to be free to be able to do what it is they want to do with their life and not have the authoritarian over them saying, no, 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 that's not good for you. That's not good for you. Well, because how do they know? It's, you're not them. <laughs> so it's so, the same. It's kind of applying the same ideas to your kids. It, you know, it, it makes sense, and that's the reason I like the idea of, of unschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, the child-directed learning is another term that they, as I understand, yeah, use. Yeah, but it's, it's not. That is it, but it's, it's, it's really not, because, okay. I mean, it's child-directed in that the, the child goes and looks, you know, does what they want to do, but it, that that to me, that phrase, and I've used it occasionally, but it really indicates, like, non-parental involvement. An unschooling parent is very involved in their child's life. 
is because they want to make sure that your kids, just like you said, you, you know, you've tried to leave open opportunities for your kids to learn to read. You give them all the tools that they might need to learn to read. and that, those, type. those are the kind of things that you would do as an unschooling parent. You, have, you make available as much opportunity as possible, as much um, materials as possible, all those things. It's without the force. It's without the force, without the expectation that this is what they have to do. Um, it's, it's much more, I'm going to, to, to give you this opportunity. These are the things that, and, and, and modeling. You know, if you're reading a lot, your kids are going to want to read. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just how it works. So where does uh, television fit into the uh, unschooling model? Um, imagine uh, different unschooling parents have different ideas on, uh, you know, TV. But TV is a very powerful force in our lives, mm-hmm. um, especially for, you know, for people that watch it. It's it's still a powerful force if you don't watch it. But yeah. it's particularly powerful if you do. And uh, my son, Jack, you know, loves his, uh, his videos. He's got, uh, you know, several videos that he watches. Some I like more than, than others. And uh, he's... Uh, He's found the Sprout Channel, which, uh, you know, some of those shows I like more than others. But, um, you know, we, we, we do limit his consumption of them. But, uh, you know, just how does that fit in? Well, that, that fits in. And there's some people call themselves radical unschoolers. And, and the radical piece of it is about the extension beyond just academic things. That they, it's, another term is whole life unschoolers, radical unschoolers, which means you bring that philosophy of freedom of education to to the whole part of your life, which generally means kids can have unlimited use of television, uh, media, um, bedtimes. There aren't bedtimes a lot of times with uh, oh, you know, most. But, you know, it sounds scary. It's, it sounds scary. But um, we've definitely shifted into that direction. I have three teens. Yeah, you have so, teenagers. So I have teenagers, so would they really be sleeping anyway? You know, I mean, even if I was setting down rules, would my kids be going, you know, falling through? But what what's happened for us is when we've let go, we don't we don't have television because we're we're on the road right now. But right. my kids have computers, and um, well, my son has a my my oldest has a computer, and the other two have one has a video game and a TV system like an Xbox in his little room in the bus and. And we, we really don't limit how much they use it. Um, and we didn't before we left on the road. We only left a couple months ago mm-hmm. driving around. And, and at that point, uh, the last two years, we've really um, relaxed about the, and spread our unschooling philosophy into our whole life, um, whereas we allow our kids to um, have unlimited access to what it is they're interested in. Yeah, some parents... And, that, um, and medium. <laughs> and the medium. Oh, sorry, that's okay. So, you know, if my son wants to play video games for a day and a half straight, then I let him do that. But the thing, and, and that was hard for me, too, too, because I used to, I used to be kind of really anti-video games. Mm-hmm. And um, my, my middle son in particular is very interested in, he likes Halo and, and also those war games which I don't, which have always been, that was a difficult thing for me to transition to. But, you know, I I feel it's one of those things that I, I, I allowed to reach out, you know, step out of my comfort zone, watch, talk, discuss, have a relationship with my son, and, and I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I'm amazed at what, what he's actually learned from playing Halo. <laughs> I had no idea you could do this mapping stuff where you build all kinds of structures, and you, you know, which is beginning CAD stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing to me. So 
it's if you can reach out of your comfort zone and you take away those biases of what this is okay, this isn't okay, that you know what I mean. Um, if if I ever get restrictive, it's usually more about content. You know, if 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 I see my kids playing something violent, violent, violent over and over and over again, and and it and I I, I see it feed into other areas, then I might talk to them about it and say, you know, I don't, you know, this is making me uncomfortable. This is why. What do you think? Um, and so it's an, a very open sort of relationship. Yeah, that I would think be the same for if they were reading something too. You know. Yeah. Sorry. I think that that uh, you know that makes sense. You want uh, you want to use everything in their life as an opportunity to discuss it and learn from it and things like that. And hopefully you know a little more than they do, but not on everything. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed that uh, the 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 group of moms that my wife in, has ended up uh, sort of you know hanging out with are the the sorts that don't like uh, television. They don't like uh, you know anything that has electricity made out of plastic. They like uh, wooden toys and um, just uh, you know using cloth diapers and and that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I, I think all those things are fine. Um, but at the same time, I've learned a lot from television and just to sort of toss television out as it, as though it's a, a, a bad thing just seems like, a, you know, seems like a bad idea. Is there bad stuff on television? Sure. Is there mind rotting stuff on television? I'll, I'll give you that. But, uh, there's also a lot of good things on TV and, um, it really, it's about what you're consuming through the media, not about, um, you know, it's, it's about content. It's not about the media. And that that would be my perspective too. There there are some unschooling parents and, and and advocates that I've met that don't that don't have a bias on the content too. I, I I admittedly have a bias on content generally, but I try to use it as an opportunity to talk to my kids about this is this is what I don't I don't really like that because of this. What do you think? You know. Um, but I would agree I, that a television and I was I'm very happy that I have let go of my my bias toward the media you know, as the specific medium of television or video games, whereas I really did have that before. I really was anti, I was, and I was very book worship. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so much better if the information comes from a book. Right. <laughs> so much better, you know. But I see my son now, he's 16, he's been very much into music and, and producing music and writing and, and doing things with electronic music online. He, he saved up money doing various jobs to buy himself a computer he researched a specific type of software he wants that he uses that he got with his own money. That um, and now he, in order to learn this software, because I don't know it, um, he's watched YouTube videos. You know, and if I had a bias toward that kind of him using and utilizing all this time on the internet watching YouTube, then he might not be able to learn have learned to do what he's been doing, and um, I- which is pretty phenomenal, I think. Now, I guess that brings me to uh, sort of, you know, what's the result of this unschooling? You know, I can kind of extrapolate in my mind what things might be like, but I would assume some kids finish their, you know, their their their, 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 finish their 18th year without uh, knowing how to do analytic geometry or something like that. I mean, I'm sure I can't remember how to do that stuff either. And I honestly don't think it was worth going to to those classes. I think it was a waste of uh, my time, everyone's time in that class, as far as I was uh, concerned. Mm -hmm. I would agree with you. And think about that. Think about time as we all, we all value time probably more than most anything. You know, Um, I think that's a pretty, you know, most people value time. And think about all the time that a lot of kids spend in classrooms that are wasted trying to stuff information into their head that they don't necessarily want or will remember when they're older or even use. So this is a way to 
that that kids and and have the opportunity to uh, use their time as they in, in ways they value. And then, I mean, just imagine if you had all that time back that you that was wasted in school. You know, um, you know, some of it I'm sure was wonderful, but it. it it just it saddens me that so many kids have lose opportunity to play, to do things that they're interested in, to you know experiment, to have fun, to learn. All those things are lost. I can't stuck in a classroom. Quite frankly, um, you know, can't think of a thing that I learned in high school that I felt uh, was really worth anything uh, that I feel currently is, is was worth anything. But I suspect if I were to you know get a full list of things that I, I really do, would consider to be of value, I could have done them in two weeks instead of four years. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, largely, I, I feel like most of the stuff they they do, most of it is just uh, make work for the babysitting program, is the way I see it. Absolutely. I would, I would, I 100% agree there. So, um, what are your, I guess, um, the best way to do it is uh, let's talk about a day in the life. What are your kids doing right now to school themselves? Oh, right at this very moment. Let's see. Well, it doesn't have to be at this moment, but uh, (laughs) the last couple of days. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's easier to do just right now at this moment. Right now, my son's downstairs, uh, making music, uh, publishing music online. And he actually publishes it online, posts it online and gets feedback from people and, um, my daughter is watch is reading a book in the other room, and um, my middle son is watching Caesar Milan. <laughs> what is that? Train she, train dogs, the dog whisperer. So huh. you know, which is actually about dogs that are fighting, and our dogs fight. And so, hey, he's he's learning about how to manage that. So, oh, well, I you know, right know. at this very moment, I have three different learning things going on: one internet kid, one reading kid, and one uh, television child. Yeah, I've got nothing, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as long as they're doing something to edify themselves, it doesn't matter to me what it's, what the subject is. I think that the world, yeah. the world needs dog groomers the same way it needs, uh, nuclear physicists. I, um, you know, I, I, you know, these, these things are valuable. You should do what you want in your life, not, uh, you know, what's going to make you the most money or anything like that, because, you know, that'll give you the most fulfilled life. So I think it's what, whatever somebody's interested in. I think when you're fulfilling your passions, you're doing what, you know, and I don't want to get you know, philosophical, but, you know, what you're meant to do. You know, if you if some people feel like that, you know, then it, I, I feel like we're all sort of born with some, I, some you know, talents, uh, you know, ideas. You know, and as long as you follow those, everything sort of falls into place. Um, and I don't, I don't want to sound too froofy there, but that's just what I've experienced in my life is when I, when I talk more about freedom and liberty and I, my kids and passionate, and that's when my life is going better. That's when my family's life is going better. When I fight it and try to do things that other people think I should be doing is when everything sort of falls apart. <laughs> so I want my kids to be able to grow up and do what is of interest to them and be able to succeed in life to their standards, to be able to feed their kids, to be able to um, experience life and be happy. You know, I mean, that's obviously right. I, the way I see it, happiness is most important. And when I've looked at the studies, I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't have them pulled up here, but it seems like pretty much across the board, there's not a big difference in happiness. I imagine happiness probably deteriorates towards the uh, the the very um, end as far as poverty goes. But you know, mm-hmm. as long as you're making a living, um, generally people get to choose between happiness and unhappiness in their lives. So it really doesn't matter what career you choose as long as it's one you like. 
I think that the careers that people are most likely to like, they're most likely to get paid well at. But that's just, you know, what I think. Mm-hmm. Kelly, um, I, I've got to wrap it up. We've got to do the show. Oh, no but um, tell tell people where they can get a hold of you, uh, your blog again and all that stuff. Okay, no problem. They can get a hold of me at the unschool, just unschoolbus.com. Um, I write a blog called Unschooling Liberty, and uh, they can follow our adventures on the unschool bus right there. And you guys have or been all find me on Facebook too. <laughs> all over the the East Coast in the last few weeks, and uh, it's kind of interesting to keep an idea, uh, keep an eye on what you guys are doing. Yeah, it's a lot of fun too. We're we're living and learning and laughing and loving. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Kelly. Oh no problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you.